97.3. Morning, team. Nice to be company. Welcome to Sunday morning. It's LBC, and the good news is it's bank holiday weekend. OK, so it'll rain in about five minutes' time. Generally, what happens on a bank holiday? I'm praying that it doesn't rain today. I'm praying that we have a really nice day, and you can go around London, you can get on a Route Master bus, you can go to the Tower, you can do all sorts of things today. And uh, if you show, so choose, you can go to the Notting Hill Carnival. The advice is the same as I offer every single year. If you're going to go, don't take loads of valuables, don't flash your cash around. If, you know, unless you desperately you know, need your phone, don't take your phone. There will be those people who always want to ruin things for everybody else. So the advice is just take enough money that you need and, uh, and have a nice time. Eat the food, making sure that the place looks hygienic, because it seems that anybody can set up a stall. And then the TFL thing that rumbled on, when I think they were asked on LBC the other day, uh, will you be relaxing the drinking on the tube? And apparently they said yes, and then they seem to have backtracked a bit now, because I'm not sure... I don't know, I'd completely forgotten about the not drinking on the tube. I hadn't forgotten about the auto-tune on X Factor. And that's why I was intrigued last night to discover, first of all, Anastasia came back. Now, you can quite clearly tell on the X Factor, and I sit there riveted to it, thinking, do you know, this is such a beautifully crafted programme, but it's become a little bit manipulative. A little bit, in so much as they bring on the peculiar ones for the first few weeks and say so we all have a good old laugh at the, uh, at the empty-headedness of it all. And they bring on a guy last night who's wearing what can only be described as sort of a cheaper version of Michael Jackson's outfit. He worked in boots, I'm assuming he meant the chemist, and he had eyeliner on and he was 26 and he loved Michael Jackson. Loved Michael Jackson a lot. In fact, he, he loved Michael Jackson so much he did a tribute to him that made you grateful that Michael Jackson wasn't alive to actually hear it because not only was this bloke tone deaf, he couldn't hold a note if his life had depended on it. It was just awful. And Simon told him it was awful. He said, it, you know, the, the clothes looked dreadful. And he said, I disagree. And I thought, well, you know, it's kind of tough disagreeing. That's what you've gone on the programme for. The audience thought he was an idiot as well. Everybody thought he was an idiot. It was an embarrassment, you know. I've, I've, I've actually fantasised sitting on the panel myself and thinking, you know, I'm, I'm a Michael Jackson fan, and I would be horrified somebody coming out there who couldn't sing like Michael Jackson, and then they allowed him to do something a cappella, and it was. And I was waiting for Louis Walsh to come up with that line that he uses all the time. Absolutely, you're through. Absolutely, yes. That's what Louis says all the time. So then, so ha- having dispensed with this idiot the Michael Jackson so-called impersonator. They then bring on Anastasia, who turned out to be a Tina Turner impersonator. So she does it very well. She's obviously, I think, I think she's been on before. And she's come back. She's a single parent. Big surprise there, because it's always good to have a story. You know, it's either that or your parents were run over in a skiing accident or something like that, so they can bring you back in and you're doing this for your, for your mum and dad and for your little sister and all the rest of it. But uh, in this case, she's a single mother at 21, so she comes on. Now, quite clearly, this woman can sing. Some people can sing, some people can't sing, but she can sing. She don't need no auto-tune because she's got natural rhythm. So she sings like Tina Turner. So in an effort to really impress on you how far down the line this woman is going to go, unless they manage to top it, Simon then goes, no, listen, you know, I've, I've heard trannies doing this. Well, I don't know what circle Simon mixes, but I've never heard a tranny singing Tina Turner. I've seen a few trannies that look like Tina Turner, but that's just called a bad hair day. And so he said, I've heard trannies, and she said, well, you know, she wasn't bothered. The mirror are trying to make out that she was upset. She wasn't upset at all by it. 
In fact, if you'd watched the programme, you'd have seen she wasn't upset at all. It made no difference to her. She was getting her half an hour of fame. Because having told her that he didn't want to see, he said, have you got anything else prepared? Well, of course she had. That's the whole idea of the programme. Most of them would go, no. I've only got the one, one song, I'm afraid. But no, she had a catalogue of songs. And so she does a song and she sings it very, very, very well. So, as I say, she don't need to actually go through auto-tune or anything else. And so what they, they, they do is they, they put her through. But then we knew she was going to go through. From the moment he said, have you got another song to sing? And she sings again. And I thought, yes, yeah, she's very good. She's very, very, there's bound to be a story somewhere, though. Single mother, 21, there's going to be a story. You could just tell it's going to be coming out, you know, very, very quickly. In the same way that I'm totally convinced that Ollie Moore's and his single and the so-called riff with his brother is a piece of PR puff. I'm totally convinced that it's not a true story. In my mind, I'm thinking, how do you get publicity in the papers if you're a dull Essex boy who wears a silly little pork pie hat and you've got a flogger record? Let's have a family rift. OK, let's have the brother go... I mean, to me, it smacks of publicity all the way through. Because in the papers today, they're saying, Ollie uh, heals rift with brother. I thought that it was a rift. I just don't believe it, I'm afraid. I absolutely don't, because it would have emerged long before now. Long before now. So anyway... So then we have uh, Anastasia, which is very good. And the reason I know that the auto-tune has been removed from the programme, bearing in mind what you watched last night was filmed weeks ago. They've already done that. And they bring on four lads. I thought they were going to strip. I thought they were part of the full Monty. And they do an a cappella version of... I can't remember what it was now. It was, it was, oh, that's right, it was uh, Fight for This Life, the Cheryl Cole uh, miming song. And very funny indeed. So they actually do it a cappella not hitting a lot of the notes, and out of tune for a lot of it. And it was patently obvious they were out of tune. And then at the very end, the reason I knew that that had been played with is because both Simon and Louis went, well, that, that was note perfect. And I thought, no, it wasn't. Not what we heard. It might have been had you not removed auto-tune from it. Because I reckon that when they were auto-tuned, because you do something a cappella, it's a lot easier to auto-tune it. So what we heard was duff notes, bad harmonies and everything else. You know, the, the actual overall concept was there, and it was actually quite, quite nice, but there were certainly bum notes. And so when Louis went, that was pitch perfect and note perfect and the harmonies were great, I thought, no, no, it wasn't. Not what I heard. And I assume that when Simon came back from, uh, from holiday, he said to him, right, take off auto-tune on anything. And that was one of the things. You can't change what the judges have already said because they'd have to re-record the programme. And they don't have enough time to do things like that. So all they've done is they've taken auto-tune and run with the original soundtrack, which is why it sounded odd when Louis and Simon said it was note-perfect, because it weren't, wasn't note-perfect at all. But that's what they can do in a studio. And so it was, it was quite interesting. But the rest of some right stupid people who go on there. Do you think some people go on there, students, you know, maybe university people, and, um, and they go on there and go, let's have a laugh, let's actually go on there and pretend we're a group, and we'll, we'll go on there and pretend we can sing. And then they come on, and they can't sing. And, and they stand there. And then, they, and then they go off quite happily. Because if you really believed you were singing, you'd go, well, I think I can sing. be a bit like Nicky Graham out of Big Brother House. Because out she comes out of the Big Brother House, Josie, who apparently has done it now, with the, uh, with the Australian lad that she was getting together with in the house. Well, of course she has. Listen, she's a, she's a fat bird. He's a thin Australian. You know, they're not fussy. And so he's, he's there, still walking around with his jeans just underneath his, his knees. Which looks a bit funny, that sort of rolled-up version. It's great if you're wandering around, you know, a billabong, and you're wandering around the outback. It looks a little bit silly in Boreham Wood. 
You know, but anyway, he, he's, he's doing it to make money. I don't think she realises this. We've all seen through it. We've all decided that he's just making money. Oh, the good news is, just in case you were worrying where she was in the paper today, she's not in the paper today. Colleen Rooney's just gone on a holiday. She needs to recharge her batteries. I thought she'd only just come back from one holiday, so she's off on another one. Must be so stressful being Colleen, you know, being Colleen. Uh, Rumour has it that uh, Kerry uh, Coctona is going to be dancing on ice, the ITV show, which is great. So we're all very pleased about that. Apparently this is in an effort to prove for about the 1500th time that she's over her drink and drugs problems and she uh, and she's, she's, she's very keen to get out there and show you she's a changed person. Frankly, I couldn't give a forex. I mean, she could fall over every day. But they have got other people in there, other people included in the show, so they tell me, are Chesney Hawks. Chesney is the one and only hit single that he's ever had. And that was that, so he's not been doing very much recently. Although he's very good friends with Jason Donovan. Uh, Melissa Walton. Well, we struggled with that one in the office. Everybody struggled with Melissa Walton. Not a clue. It turns out, poor old soul, is in Hollyoaks. Because in every programme on the television now that has got the word reality show, you've got to drag some old bag out of Hollyoaks. This is the only programme with no actors in it, but a lot of people who don't mind getting their kit off for the benefits of the director and everybody else, and I suppose us, the audience. But it's a very dated, tacky little programme. So what they do is they go, you're in Hollyoaks, right, put you in there. Nobody knows who they are, because the programme gets such a, a small audience. Uh, plus, I believe, uh, Brigitte Nielsen. Good Lord, I didn't even think you were in the country, love, but uh, she's here. And Trisha, Trisha Penrose. Although, strangely enough, in the people today, they've called her Trisha Primrose. Which is somebody's cock-up, I'm afraid, down there. Heads will roll. How's Barbara Windsor going to leave EastEnders? All the papers are telling you today. Give you a clue. <laughs> Huge big fire. Mum! Mum! Going to be dreadful, isn't it? And, um... Sunita, who says in the papers today, uh, Simon's made mistakes, it's humiliated me, it's time to get shot of Louis and give me the job. Cheryl and Danny both lack real experience. I mean, she's quite right. She's far more experienced and she goes back further with Simon Cowell than anybody else. They go back to the early days, and I know this because, strangely enough... Now, where did I find something? I was reading something a, a few days ago about uh, Simon... Oh, that's right, it was, a, it was a record I was after, and it turned out to have been recorded years ago by Simon Cowell's label when he used to drive Sunita around. You remember, she told us on In Conversation. He used to drive her around to all the promotional things, and he'd sit in the car waiting outside... So there you go. So Simon and Sunita go back a long, long way. If anybody knows about the business, she certainly does. Anyway, we've got a, a big how low for you. Very big how low for you today. And I shall tell you what it is. Don't forget, if you've got a question for Darren, and the advice is get your question in now. If your computer's doing something it shouldn't, and you want to know uh, what's gone wrong, then get it in as quick as possible. OK, to steve at lbc.co.uk. We can send me a normal text to 84850. But details of my special How Low. It's a great one. This Last week was, I thought, I didn't think we'd ever top it. Uh, today, it's uh, one item, but it's worth having. Details coming up in a moment. First of all, the travel with Gary... Morning, everybody. Sunday morning, LBC 97.3. A lot of people have jetted away. In fact, yesterday, I think, was the big jetting away day for holidays. All the airports were chock-a-block. Why is it that people want to go away on a bank holiday? Because I love it here. I mean, it was quiet. I was talking to Paul Cooper the other day, who's got the fruit and veg shop in, in Twickenham, and it was very quiet. It really, it was, it was noticeable. It was like a Sunday. It was noticeably quiet. I said, where is everybody? He said, it's bank holiday, isn't it? They all, they all go away for bank holiday. So people go to, you know... 
they, they go away to, to, I suppose, to get a bit of sunshine. Although I'm hoping today we get a bit of sunshine. I'm looking out the window and I'm thinking it's not bad. It's not bad today. It looks though like it could be quite nice. Fingers crossed. Uh, although I can tell you that it's mainly dry and bright this morning. Here we go. Cloud increasing with scattered showers spreading south. You know how I know it's going to rain today because I got the car washed yesterday. Every time I get the car washed, I come back and it rains again. Some of the showers will be heavy. Should get brighter again this evening. The high 19 centigrade. Currently it's 12 degrees. Don't forget, I'm here tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock, with Michael Flatley till 8. And then between 8 and 10, so we'll be here together for the uh, the bank holiday. Now, my special how low today, whoop, after last week's, and I, I don't think I, my little heart will, uh, will recover, uh, we've got an Apple iPad. This is the exclusive how low reverse auction this morning. It's one of this year's must-have gadgets. I've got one. I've got two. Uh, it's an incredible tablet-style computer. If you've not seen it, then you're an even in for an even bigger treat than you were had you seen it. It's 9.7-inch touch screen. You can use it for the internet, email, watch videos, listen to music, play games, much more. You can do everything on it. Person with the lowest unique bid will win. This is the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. I'm going to bring the hammer down this morning at 10am. To play this one, because it's a Steve Allen special, you text Steve, then your bid in pence, and then send it to 8821. So, for example, if you want to bid 18 pence... You text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, then you do 1-8, and then you send that to treble 8821, If you want to bid pound thirty-four, you write Steve134 in a text and send it to 88821. This competition finishes at 10 o'clock this morning. It's not one of these all-day, hang-on-all-week-for-something. You've got to be over 16. Entries are limited and cost pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Good luck, because it's, it's really nice. In fact, if, if you don't play with it, the kids will wrestle it off your hands, <laughs> because they all want one. They all, I've even had people, after mine, you know, my, my spare one. And I said, well, I might give it to my brother for his birthday, but then I decided that I wasn't going to give it to my brother for his birthday, so I sent him money, because money's more useful. It's no good giving him another gadget. And so I, I, I sent him some money, but I always split it in an envelope. You know, you send it in birthday cards. I mean, I always do that. And uh, and then I and then I I thought well you know how generous am I as a brother as you know or every I go home and I empty my pockets and I've always got loads of change in my pockets always got and um, so I what can you make it cold flush you know it's probably age or something like that or the fact I had a piece of Toblerone which won't help the situation <laughs> but we can always have an injection so they're actually changing it up. And I trundled down to Sainsbury's the other day. And I was, because I'd, I'd been out, do some stuff in the morning, been a shopping, got the, and I thought, I know, I'll go and do that now. I'll, I'll go and take the, uh, the money in. And they've got one of these coin star machines. I don't know if you've ever seen a coin star. What you do is, it's useful for kids. If they've got loads of pennies, and it's got to be a load of pennies, don't take in, you know, a little tiny bit. And you empty them in, and you've got to pay. It used to be 7.9 pence in the pound they took as their commission. Now it's gone up. It's 8.7 or 8.9, some, whatever it is. It's a lot of money, but to be honest with you, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit down on the floor counting out pennies and 5Ps and 20. It's just too much effort. And so I go in there. I'm afraid I'm a bit mean. I don't do it for charity. And I empty it all in. And you've got to hope that the machine's all brand new. Because if one of the slots is full up like all the pounds, it starts throwing all your pounds back. But it only rejected about 10. So I was very pleased with that. And guess how much I got in change yesterday in my little jar? £328. 
in changed. So I was really pleased. So I sent him 160. Because I thought there's no point sending him half exactly. So I sent him 160. And, uh, and I phoned him to tell him. And he was very excited. Very excited. Although he had a bit of bad news. It was sort of, it's, sort of, it's good news or bad news. And it must be the thing that all parents dread. It's when, when your children grow up and then they start deciding what they want to do. And his oldest, Jess, uh, is in Spain. She speaks fluent Spanish, but she's now decided... She's been working out there as a nanny. A lot of people go out for the holidays and go and work as nannies. And uh, she's decided she wants to stay in Spain and she wants to go to university out there because she's fluent. And so, you know, it's, it's a good start. She doesn't think that there's enough on offer here. She thinks that there's more on offer over there. Well, this has now inspired her younger sister... Tasha, who's decided that she wants to go and study in Japan, of all places. So I said to I said, blimey, I said, make, make Christmas a bit cheap for us, won't it? He said, no, they'll either be coming back here or I'll fly out there, all that kind of stuff. But it is, it's, it's, it's your worst nightmare. It's, it's like, I suppose, parents who split up and uh, a mum goes to live abroad and takes the kids with her. And then you think, well, when am I going to see them? Luckily, because of Skype and phones and stuff like that, you can actually keep in contact with people. So it's, it's well worth it. But it's, it's not the kind of thing you want to uh, hear. Not, not the kind of thing you want to hear at all. But anyway, I'm sure it'll be absolutely fantastic. It'll be wonderful. Uh, Phil says, if you go on the central line on a Saturday night, it's like uh, a party. Nobody stops people drinking. Why do people want to drink? Can somebody explain to me why people want to drink on the underground? What is the purpose of drinking on the underground? Is it a student-type thing? Because most students, you know, they sit in parks with a wine box or something like that. <laughs> Which, sorry. Although, actually, luckily for this weekend, they're all at the Reading Pop Festival. Although the average age for the Reading Pop Festival, I think, would be about 15 or 16. Because when I went on the train the other day at Reading... Uh, sorry, at Richmond, it was absolutely chock-a-block. The platform, I mean, as far as I could see, lots and lots of very smart young people with Wellingtons and big big backpacks, which were bigger than they were, and they're all, like, terribly well-spoken. Like, they were all standing completely lost. But then they got on the train, and, of course, I was sitting in a seat, being a slightly elderly person, and their kit bags, you have to step over. And so I've got one lad leaning into me, and another one leaning back, and I'm saying, and he said, I'm sorry, sorry, and we're trying to get the doors open to get out, and we've eventually got out. And I've kept thinking, I wonder where they get, perhaps they're going to a Christian festival, because they were so smart, and they were so well-spoken, all the boys had floppy hair, which is a very good indication they don't go to a secondary modern school. You don't find boys with floppy hair going to a secondary modern school. You only get boys with floppy hair going to prep school, private school, you know, and, uh, and those sort of people. And I thought, perhaps that's going to a Christian festival. And I got back in and I was turning on the telly and I saw all these people who look like the people I've just seen at Richmond Station all going to the Reading Pop Festival. Ha! Fantastic. Martin says, today there are plenty of preserved route masters and other old London buses at the Collindale Running Day, many of which go to the RF Museum. Great day out, not just for bus spotters. Well, I use the route masters down here. You pick up in the Strand and uh, just by McDonald's and they run all the way down to... Tower Hill. And it's really great, actually. It's really, really good. And I get... Do you know for why? It's because it's a little piece of London Preserve that's still running. And they've got the... They're absolutely wonderful. They, it's even got the old ding-ding. You know, you pull the little string bit. I mean, it's absolutely wonderful. I love stuff like that. So if you go to the London Transport Museum, I'm sad enough to have bought some cushions made out of the same material that they used on the buses and the tubes. You can go and sit on an actual tube and it makes the same noises. And I remember it so well... And it's, it's full of young people, which is quite, quite heartening. Quite heartening. Almost as heartening as picking up a copy of Peter Andre's album. Uh, I found it lying on, on a desk upstairs. It's called Unconditional Love Songs. And so I thought, I wonder what love songs are on here. Well, apart from the track uh, Unconditional, 
which is 2009, there's very little that's new on here. Track number two is I Can't Make You Love Me. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, it's a bit naff. Three, Rest of My Life, featuring Brian McKnight, which was 1997. That's his latest album. Next track, Go Back, 2009. Lonely, 1997. Lost Without You, 2010. All a bit naff, aren't they? Call the Doctor, 2009. Stay With Me, 1997. Overjoyed is a 2010 track, as in She's Out of My Life. I wonder if that's the Michael Jackson. She's out of my life. Could be. Even I could sing like Michael Jackson. They put me on the X Factor. Auto-tuned or not. LBC 97.3 At British Gas, we know you don't like green sleeves. But it's not the music that's most annoying when you're on hold. It's being on hold. That's why we're committed to answering your call within 60 seconds. If we can't, we'll offer to call you back. Letting you get on with your day. Customer service calls only. Homeowners. Just for the sport, just very briefly, going back to Peter Andre's album. So She's Out of My Life is a 2010. All Cried Out, 2004. Letting You Go, 97. I Feel You, 96. The Right Way, 2004. Sign Your Name, 2010. And Untouchable, 2004. It's hardly worth bothering. It's a compilation of, of old material. I don't know, methinks maybe Pete Sikins that the, uh, you need to get yourself a reality show pretty quick, because it might just about be finished, you know, the old singing malarkey. Still to come, I'm desperate to tell you why Danny Minogue's reality show didn't work for launching Danny's fashion thing, even though they had the big launch in Selfridges. And do these celebrity endorsements of products actually work? Has she cut it in the A-list fashion world? We'll find out very shortly. First of all, Russell's back with us with the sport. Hello. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Good. Well, we'll start with Chelsea. John Terry and Frank Lampard will both miss England's upcoming Euro 2012 qualifiers against Bulgaria and Switzerland. Terry's got a hamstring problem, while Lampard needs surgery on a hernia. It all follows the Blues 2-0 win over Stoke yesterday that keeps them top of the Premier League. It wasn't quite another six goals for Chelsea, but it's still good enough for their manager, Carlo Ancelotti. It was important to win. It was important to maintain clean sheet, and so we are happy because also we maintain the top of Delhi at the table. Well, Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger has credited Theo Walcott for his improved form. The England wingers scored four times in the Gunners' last two games, including the opener in yesterday's 2-1 win at Blackburn, which keeps them second. And Wenger says Walcott is showing great mental strength. That's down to attitude, motivation, and uh, he has, has got that right, and he's a young boy who will only improve. Spurs lost 1-0 to Wigan, West Ham were beaten 3-0 at Manchester United and Fulham drew 2-2 at Blackpool, while Queen's Park Rangers remain top of the championship. They also drew 2-2 away to Derby County. England and Pakistan's cricketers must put aside all the latest tabloid newspaper allegations when day four of the fourth test starts at Lords later. The tourists 41 for four in their second innings, trailing by 331 runs. England should therefore wrap up the series, weather permitting. And spinner Graham Swan says conditions are ideal for his style of... It was a little bit crusty on top, maybe. Um, we had a very good ball that had a big raised seam on it, which always helps. Red Bull's Mark Webber will start on pole position for this afternoon's Belgian Grand Prix. Lewis Hamilton is second in his McLaren with Robert Kubica of Renault third. Hamilton's McLaren teammate Jensen Button starts from fifth on the grid at Spa. And finally, there are three race meetings later. They run at Yarmouth, Goodwood and Beverly. LBC 97.3. There's more sport from me in an hour's time. Thank you very much indeed.
It was very good. Can you flip that television on behind you? Uh, flip... Yes, I can. I can do. tell somebody must have been working last night. It turns the television. No, it's on the top. You've got to stand uh, up. Okay, one second. Can you I'll stand on the chair and do an impression of a lighthouse? We'll give you a torch to hold. <laughs> up you go. Oh, oh there we go. Wow. That's quite can you reach? Yeah. No, it's on the. It's, yeah. Just, just push it, and it should come on. That's it. The, the little green lights come on. I feel quite lost unless I've got Sky News on there, so I know exactly what's happening in the world. Is that new, or have I just been really inobservant for like the last eighteen months? It's been here for the last 18 months. Well, that TV screen? Yes. <laughs> it's just been behind you my head. You just noticed it? I, yeah. Oh, you're serious? I thought you were joking. No. no have you noticed well, it's the one tr- over there? It's have out of Carl? my field of view. Yeah, Carl here? Carl's been here for a little while now. <laughs> I know Carl oh, well. Yeah, He's yeah. long-suffering with my nightly news yeah, sports see, pieces being thrown in. We, 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 have, oh. we put it on Sky News. You've got your cartoons now. I, do you know, I cannot do cartoons. I must be the only person, even as a kid, the only ones I liked were Pixie and Dixie and stuff like that. I'm trying to think what I liked. Yeah, it was a little bit. I'm just trying to think what I liked. I used to quite like... Like the Jensen's. No, 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 it's a bit before that. Things like Banana Man was quite cool. Scooby-Doo. Very Scooby-Doo, much Big yeah. fan of Scooby-Doo. Yep, exactly. Yeah, like that, yeah. Like uh, what else? But, but you turn mm. on the television now, and there's a load of what can only be described as Japanese-type cartoons. Mm, I know the ones you mean. Where they're, they're obviously made in a, in a studio. There's nothing to do with hand-drawing. It's all no. computer-generated. Well, exactly, that's what you mean. But you think the kids are watching these things. I never did comics as a kid. Did you do comics? Mm, I ha- they were okay. I wasn't. I did used to have the dandy and the beano, but I wasn't. You know, massively. You into didn't do it. the American comics. Where no, was, you know, the I know the Marvel and Man and yeah, Powell and the War Wams. No, no. Uh, we weren't allowed those. My mum said they weren't suitable. <laughs> what a wise woman! But I don't understand the cartoons you get on kids. Te- in fact, I don't understand kids television at all now. It's no. changed because most of the presenters are so much older than the people they're broadcasting to. <laughs> Unlike this show. <laughs> uh, but they are, some of them are quite old, but pretending to be very young. There's a guy on the BBC called Barney. And that can come across as being immensely patronising. It is a, it's, it, he's, he's not patronising, it just looks, you know, any man who's got hair sprouting out the top of his shirt and he's a children's presenter. It's not good. I'm sorry, it has well, to be... Well, you need a medallion, then you've yeah. got sort of the full look, haven't and you? And I don't like as well, there's Mark and somebody else, Pat and Mark, Paul and Mark, somebody, somebody and Mark, and one of them's got tattoos all up his arms. It's not really setting a particularly... Think, I don't think that's the no, kind of thing I want on children's BBC. No. It's not no. nice at all. Times have changed, haven't they? Have a little bit. Mm. Used to be, you know, at least in my day, they wore sensible jumpers and things yeah, like that. Yeah, you never got that on Play School and Chock-A-Block and all of those little, little Chock-A-Block? Shows. What was yeah. Chock-A-Block? It was kind of... It, was, it had, like, weird space-age computers, which in the 80s were really exciting and novel. Looking at it now, it looks ridiculously dated, but I remember in the 80s oh. it was cutting-edge and cool and... Talking of things that look dated, I remember years ago when, when Sky first introduced the idea of the reporters going out with only one other person. The cameraman and the reporter held their own microphone, but the cameraman, they were using little digital cameras. I remember. Tiny things. I watched an episode of Columbo the other night, and halfway through there's a murder investigation, and the local television company there with what can only be described as two cardboard boxes with a big lens on the front masquerading as a camera <laughs> and I looked at it and think how times have changed you can miniaturise it down you can hold it in a hand yeah. and get better quality but also then you'd have a sound man probably a runner possibly a lighting man yes. as well as your cameraman and your reporter and maybe yes. a producer so basically in the old days you'd probably have a team of five or six going out to a story yes. now you've got one or two I often one now who was it who, who won it it might have been 
Mike Dickin or Steve Jones, who got a Variety Club award. And they tell you in November, I think. I've always waited every November and haven't heard anything. But they, they actually came in and they filmed a little bit with you being on air if you're the winner. And I remember they came in to do Mike Dickin. And there must have been 15 people came in to film something that lasted 20 seconds. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen that. What a total waste of Cook money. spoiling the broth. It is. Like TV shows, you, you sit down and watch the credits. And then you look at the credit for, say, here... And there'd be three people, <laughs> yeah. or two people, or sometimes just one person. <laughs> Credits, Steve Allen. Yes, exactly. Well, <laughs> Mike Dickin got a Variety Club award, and he, I forget who he beat that year, or somebody else, and he, he stood up, and his uh, producer, Nicky, he said, and this is my team. It's just her. Mm. Whereas the BBC had all these people who crowded onto a total waste of our money. I find that actually at the rugby particularly where I'll be covering it for all of the stations here. Yes. So like 12 just of them. Just me. Just you. Uh, and then you're looking like BBC Wales have sent four people for BBC Wales online, three to do television, six to do radio. Then there's the actual BBC network team. Yeah. Then there's maybe some na- nations and regions ones. Withhold your licence fee. That's the way forward. It's good to do it with one person. It is. It also... I remember going <laughs> to the BBC to watch somebody doing... I think it might have been a Radio 1 breakfast show. And I went there, and I was amazed at how many people were involved in a music programme. Mm. I mean, literally, the, the presenter... Occasionally put the music on, then there was a producer, then somebody put the records on next to it, then there was a runner, then there was somebody... There must have been about ten people... I'd like to be the one who just, yeah, presses play. I could do that. Just press play. You've got somebody just there to record that, and, and you think, what a waste of money. You want to get out there in the real world. Maybe the backup person to press, the reserve play presser. Yeah. That'd be a nice job. I do like the idea when I just said, get out there in the real world. Some of them, of course, have to after a while. And then they suddenly realise, oh, just you and one other person. Mm. And they go, uh, where is the rest of the team? And you go, that's it. That's why commercial radio is such a good sort of training ground as well. Though. Yeah. If you can be self-reliant to get through it. I look at it more as a career, actually, as opposed <laughs> to a training ground. Well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> I do. Bless your heart. Nice to see you. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Thank you. See you later. Take care. That's one of these days we'll buy him a watch for Christmas. I love my watch. I know, but it's falling apart. Well, it's not falling apart. It's just too big for me. We'll get it adjusted. My dainty... Artistic Your little wrists. wrists. Oh, never mind. <laughs> They're very thin for a man, aren't they? They are a little bit. <laughs> I've got a friend, Giles, who's got thinner wrists than that. Oh, really? Yeah. Seriously, it, I mean, Do they tiny. snap fairly regularly, or...? Only if I run over them in the car, you know. Apart from that little doesn't happen often, doesn't happen that often. Good. No, well, it depends. Anyway, nice to see you, Russell. Okay. See you later. Gillian says, if I missed the In Conversation with Michael Flatley, no, tomorrow morning... Tomorrow morning, and it's at uh, 7 o'clock. Between 7 and 8, James Whale has offered me sprouts. I said to him the other day, because he brought in courgettes, and I did do a cutter courgette the other day. It was, quite, it was quite nice. I quite liked it. I think I must have left it in there too long, together with the steak and all the other bits and pieces. So um, I'm now going to have sprouts, because I said to him I love sprouts. I mean, I'm big into sprouts. And he said, I've got sprouts. I think he's got a small holding or a garden shop or something. So I'm going to end up with sprouts. Happy birthday to Stephen Hobday from Rosemary and Lionel. And uh, in response to a lot of people saying to me, uh, Danny Minogue, uh, what does she do? And then somebody says, oh, she obviously uh, designs clothing. Does she think she's a style queen, says uh, Mark. Strangely enough, the Sunday Mirror today... I've done a bit on... You remember Danny Minogue got that free publicity for her, um, for her Project D, which, frankly, was the stupidest name I've ever heard, but, you know, Project Danny, even though she had a friend, Tabitha, who helped her and appeared to do most of the work. Danny just swanned in and out. As I say, never been a Danny Minogue fan. Luckily, we're a free country and we're allowed to like people and not like people, and I'm not a Danny Minogue fan. I've always thought she was fake. 
I've always thought it was just, you know, she was in the shadows of Kylie. Kylie just gets on with it, whereas Danny appears to have to use Kylie to get publicity, so she'll pop up every so often. Whereas, obviously, Kylie's thinking, well, I've got to do it, but I'm not really that overkeen. But anyway, so they bring out Project D, and they manage to get a free advert on ITV, which is very nice. And uh, then they've done a, uh, a feature in the paper today, three months on after she launched this designer dress range. Although, frankly, I never saw her actually sitting down doing drawings. I mean, perhaps that isn't how it works now. I don't know. Harvey Nicks have sold less than 100 pieces across six stores. So that works out at 16 each. And while Selfridges report a far better reaction to the glamorous range, it does ask the question, can TV stars really succeed in the hard-bitten fashion world? And the answer is no, they can't, because everybody knows that somebody has just done it for them. They just put their name to it. You know, a bit like Katie Price. You don't think this poor woman, A, can write, B, can sing, or C, design. And the answer is she, she can't. You know, she turned over last year from her equestrian uh, line £400,000, but that's just, a, that's just about it, I would have thought. Uh, Danny Minogue's stuff is far too expensive for the fans. Most of the fans that follow Danny Minogue don't have the £300, which it costs roughly, for a dress. That's, that's too much money for most people. So they've had a look at Sienna Miller. Uh, her, her company turned over more than 300000 last year. Most successful, 50 Cent. Turned over 75 million, so that's not bad, is it? Uh, Victoria Beckham, 5 million in sales. The trouble is, Project D. I mean, it sounded just so stupid to start with. But like, Project S. And, and it just, you know, unless you're a big fan, I'm afraid, of, uh, of Danny Minogue, you're not going to be remotely interested, are you, in the, uh, in the actual clothing? Uh, 84850-stevenlbc.co.uk. Uh, big Brother started. John, the ghastly, revolting McCreerick. Nobody likes him. The critics hate him. Women hate him everywhere. It's only his silly little wife, the booby, who puts up with this imbecile of a man. Walks around with his big pants on. Perhaps he thinks he's being very clever. Unfortunately, he's just a silly person. Not even eccentric, I'm afraid. It's only uh, he who describes himself as eccentric. So, uh, finally, uh, I think he's actually gone. Josie didn't last as long as a Big Mac. And uh, whilst we're on Planet Peculiar, Jedward turned up. The terrible twins have been thrown the biggest challenge of their lives. I suppose the biggest challenge would be, can you grow up? I'm afraid. But no, the top pop twosome are leaving their mummy and daddy to live all on their own in a swanky Dublin apartment for ten whole days. Oh, my goodness me. Wrestling with a truly tragic script, hapless narrator Reggie the Dreary Yates gasps. How will they cope with cooking, cleaning, eating and sleeping in separate bedrooms? Answer is, they won't. They'll just be silly. Fasten your seatbelts, it's going to be one hell of a yawn fest. Unfortunately, all due lack of respect to the laughably tone-deaf duo whose tuneless warbling at least injected a little comedy into last year's Dullsville X Factor. But hasn't their one note, we're stupid and childlike, Joan, worn a bit thin? They're adults. I've often said 18, but with a mental age of a five-year-old, I'm afraid. Poor old Jedward. One is the silly one who talks, and the other one is the one who stands at the back and doesn't say very much. You watch all the interviews. One will actually speak, and the other one doesn't do a lot. So it's contrived. Jedward let loose, and it's got all sorts of, you know, contrived bits in, like 15 fans who stand out there to meet their high-haired heroes. Not that I think they've ever kissed a woman in their entire life. 
but I suspect they probably kissed each other a few times as the latest photo uh, thing. I think as models, they're going to be fine, but just they just are a little bit silly, I'm afraid. But, you know, people like silly. I'm a little bit worried as well. I, was, I got a bit excited when I picked up the mirror today because they've got a £2 off when you buy 20 litres or more at Shell. And I thought, well, I'm always buying more than 20 litres. So I'm going to cut the voucher out. But then it says here... You have to hand the voucher at the till point to any participating shell stir service station. Well, how do you know if it's... I, I don't want to put the fuel in and then go there and the bloke goes, well, I, we, we, we don't take those. Because then they go, well, excuse me, you can take the petrol out of the car then because I'm not paying for it until I get me £2 off. So uh, I think they should print a list of all the garages or at least put a sign up in the window or something like that. 14 to 8. With a tra- a couple of things very quickly, and because I, I, I have to play back to you again. I know you've probably heard it twice, but if you haven't heard it, it just makes me laugh. It's the giving the cat the tablet thing, which I'll get to in a second. Very quickly, though, yesterday, two things really, really annoyed me. And, and I don't get upset in shops, but all I keep thinking is, oh, there's something to fill the programme with tomorrow. So I'm in Marks and Spencers, and what I wanted, I needed a couple of short-sleeved black shirts in my size. Luckily, they had them in. So I picked them up, and I go over to the till point. This is in Marks and Spencers in Kingston, and it's the, the big male section, which has got the uh, home shopping upstairs and all the rest of it. So at the very back of the store, by the suits and the other... One person working on the till. One person. Small wonder Marks and Spencers have just changed their, uh, their, their top man. So I thought, right, well, I'm going to go there. So anyway, so I then go to the front, and there's about... Ten people in a queue, and there's three women working behind the counter. So I thought, that's good. We'll whiz through here very quickly. No. Three people working. Within a minute, one had vanished. And so we're left with two people. And there's one woman standing there. By this time, the queue had increased to 15 people. And then, for, for some inexplicable reason, the woman working at the very end decides to just leave the till, go and start picking up stuff off the floor. So, so there's one woman serving. So, of course, being British, we all stand there, don't we, and go... And you just stare into the distance. And then, of course, somebody says, this is ridiculous. Why is there one person? So, of course, this almost gets to a crescendo. And the other woman who's wandered off, you know, with a queue of about 15 or 20 people, I mean, frankly, you'd have fired her on the spot for being a complete prat. And so she's wandering back and forth with arms full of clothes. I'm thinking, now, the whole idea of a shop, if it was your own shop, you'd be going, there are people who have got money in their hands, they want to spend money, let's get them through as quick as possible. Not this woman. No, she wandered off, totally blissfully unaware. The woman in the middle is having to apologise to everybody. About ten o'clock yesterday morning. She's having to say, sorry to make you wait. And some bloke stood in front of her and went, well, it's not good enough, is it? We've been standing here while this other woman is faffing around... And you're having to do all this work. I'm not getting at you. So she picks up the phone to get the supervisor and goes, listen, people are complaining. And I go, too right we're complaining. We're standing here. Then eventually the other woman comes back and a few other people materialise. So I get the blonde, Polish, whatever she is. So I sa- she says, oh, sorry to make you wait. I said, you're not really sorry. So she went, no. And I thought, you're going on my programme tomorrow, love. And I said, are Marks and Spencer short of staff? She went, yeah. I said, don't you think it would help if they put an advert in like normal places? You know, perhaps, perhaps you haven't got any money or something like that. Because very shortly, people are going to start deserting them. Because if you've got one person with a queue of 20 people and she's having to apologise, drove me mad. Then I go to Patisserie, Patisserie Valerie in, Mar- in, uh, in Kingston. 
It's very nice. But quite clearly, some of the numpties in there can't pack cakes in a box. You buy four cakes, okay? You would expect them to be put in a box, flat down, wouldn't you? One, two, two at the front, okay? Not, Not this woman. She puts a little tiny box for two and she stacks them on top of each other. So I go, I don't think you can do that, can you? Oh, you, you want a bigger box? I said, well, they're cakes. I mean, why do you have to explain to somebody who's that stupid in patisserie Valerie? So in the end, she then tries to take them back out of the two bots. Well, of course, you can't because they're, they're, they're cakes that crumble. So she crumbles. In the end, she has to throw them out. Stupid woman, honestly. All of which brings me round to my cat story, which got more reaction this week than anything else. And it was sent in to us. Where it came from, I cannot remember where it originated from. But I've heard it twice now, and each time I hear it, it makes me laugh, because I've been in this situation. And it's the story of giving a cat a tablet. First of all, pick up the cat and cradle it in the crook of your left arm as if holding a baby. Position right forefinger and thumb either side of the cat's mouth and gently apply pressure to the cheeks whilst holding the pill in the right hand. As the cat opens mouth, pop pill into mouth, allow cat to close mouth and swallow. Retrieve pill from the floor and cat from behind the sofa. Cradle cat in left arm and repeat process. Retrieve cat from bedroom and throw soggy pill away. Take new pill from foil wrap, cradle cat in left arm, holding rear paws tightly with left hand, force jaws open, push pill to back of mouth with right forefinger, hold mouth shut for count of ten. Retrieve pill from goldfish bowl and cat from top of wardrobe. Call spouse from garden. Kneel on floor with cat wedged firmly between knees. Hold front and rear paws. Ignore low sounds emitted by cat. Get spouse to hold head firmly with one hand whilst forcing wooden ruler into mouth. Drop pill down ruler. Rub cat's throat vigorously. Retrieve cat from curtain rail. (laughs) Get another pill from the foil wrap. Make note to buy new ruler and repair curtains. Carefully sweep shattered figurines and vases from hearth and set to one side for gluing later. Wrap cat in large towel and get spouse to lie on cat with head just visible from below armpit. Put (laughs) pill in end of drinking straw, force mouth open with pencil (laughs) and blow down drinking straw. Check label to make sure (laughs) pill not harmful to humans. (laughs) Drink a beer. To take taste away, apply Band-Aid to spouse's forearm and remove blood from carpet with cold water. (laughs) Retrieve cat from neighbour's shed. (laughs) It's better. Get another pill. Open another beer. Place cat in cupboard and close door on it to neck, leaving head showing. Force mouth open with dessert spoon. Flick pill down throat with elastic band. (laughs) Fetch... Fetch screwdriver from garage and put cupboard door back on hinges. (laughs) Drink beer, fetch bottle of scotch. Pour shot, drink. Apply cold compress to cheek and check records for date of last tetanus shot. Apply whiskey compress to cheek to disinfect. Toss back another shot. (laughs) Throw T-shirt away and fetch new one from bedroom. Call Fire Brigade to retrieve the damn cat from across the road. Apologise to neighbour who crashed into fence while swerving to avoid the cat. Take last pill from foil wrap. 
Take the little cat's front paws and rear paws with garden twine and bind lightly to leg of dining table. Find heavy-duty pruning gloves from shed. Push pill into mouth, followed by large pieces of fillet steak. Be rough about it. Hold head vertically and pour two pints of water down throat to wash pill down. Consumer the remainder of the scotch. Get spouse to drive you to the emergency unit. Sit quietly while the doctor stitches fingers and forearm and remove pill remnants from right eye. Call furniture shop on way home to order new table. Arrange for the RSPCA to collect mutant cat from hell and call local pet shop to see if they've got any hamsters. Oh, dear. How to give a dog a pill. Wrap the pill in bacon, toss in air. <laughs> Every time I hear it, it just makes me laugh. John Warrington just said to me, how can you laugh at yourself? I, don't know. I said, because I'm not laughing at me, I'm laughing at the fact that I can visualise this cartoon as it, as it runs all the way through. It just made me laugh. So you'll have to now podcast the programme, just in case. It's one of those things, if you're feeling particularly depressed today, you feel even worse by the time you've heard that one. Uh, anyway, uh, lots more to get through from the, uh, the Papiers. Uh, Noreen says, hope John managed to get his breakfast this morning. He did. I don't think he paid for it either. I think he managed to get it for free. He'd done that usual. He goes in there and he goes, oh, do you remember me? And he's, he's I can tell, because I went in there the other day. Did he pay for it? All right. And I actually went in, and I, I took three. I took, um, who did I take in? I took uh, a couple of people in, and uh, and I ended up paying for them. I'm just too too generous for words. Uh, Dawn says, you were speaking about Peter Andre's album, Unconditional Love Songs. That released in Feb 2010, just in time for the Valentine's Day market. And uh, he also released an album of his own called Revelation in 2009. So the album of his own songs was released only a few months before the album with covers. Not sure if I should be admitting this, but I bought his Revelations album, and I like it. Play your cards right, you could have the unconditional love songs one as well. There's, a, there's one going begging here. Because I'm sure that's, this one's only just arrived in. I could be wrong, actually. There's got a little sticker on it. They all sort of tell you whether these things are current. I wish I could find out where you can use the, uh, the shell £2 off when you buy 20 litres or more. Because I want to save £2 today. I don't want to spend a lot of money, I'm afraid, on petrol. And it is the time I need to put some petrol in the car today. Because you just need to do that kind of thing. Anyway, we'll look at the uh, newspapers... Further with John Warrington, after the news, which is coming up very shortly. Oh, and Connie Huck apparently has got married in Las Vegas. Like we care. But uh, well done to her, I suppose. 7.3 Morning, everybody. 84850, Steve at LBC. Martin says, regarding M&S, you should have employed the tut. Well, like, the, the, what was annoying to me is that I worked in retail... Years and years ago. And we were always taught, don't stand there talking. <laughs> there is a customer over there, and that customer's got money. And if that customer's got money, you want it. And you do anything, John Warrington. Well, I said the other day, good morning. Good morning. I said good morning, but not the other day. But I'm saying it this morning. Did you not say good morning the other day? Yes, I did. I said oh, on Friday morning. Or something. There was, in, in uh, Tesco's, actually, the guy that served me did not look at me once. Oh, I get that. No eye contact. I feel like saying at the end, you know, you manage to do that whole transaction and not say a word. Not a please, not a thank no. you. Yeah, and I'd I, get rid of them. I pulled him up when I, he, he said, four pound, four, it wasn't four pound, it was 104 pounds or something yeah. silly. Four, 104 pound 80. And I went, please? And he was shocked yeah. that someone pulled him up and said, that's all you had to say. But I hate it as well, you're standing there with five items 
you know, bulky items, they go, would you like a bag? And I always go, think so. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, it's just, it's just so stupid. I know If, if I'd been in the shop years ago and customers had come in and been standing around waiting to spend money and my boss would have seen me, he'd have got, he'd have, I'd have been carpeted over it. Well, I work in retail and when I've got customers, at night on Saturdays yeah. I'm on my own, I was there all day yesterday and... I had customers, and I, I was with a particular gentleman, and I knew that was going to take quite a while. So the two people that were waiting to see me, I said to them, look, why don't you two go and get yourself a cup of coffee or go for yeah. do a bit of shopping? I said, but I'll keep your slot, so you are next. And off they went. In the meantime, somebody came to the door and said, will you be very long? I just want a coach ticket. I said, well, I can do that, because while I'm doing, I'm on hold. Yeah. So I'm doing your multitasking, because... Otherwise, people don't come well, back. What was amazing was there's a till of the six tills. There's three people working. One disappears. Perhaps she was on a break or something. And then the other one serves a customer and then just walks off and starts picking clothes up off the racks and bringing them back behind the couch. And I'm thinking, you can see that there's 20 people standing here. You can't be that stupid, no. surely. And if you are, you know, where is the supervisor? Why is the supervisor on a Saturday morning not on that floor getting customers through as quick as possible? I'd fire them immediately. Well, they need Bloody to be... Bloody useless in They need to be taught. Oh. Christ. It's bad training, really. Yeah. Well, there is no training. No. I'm sorry, this is how you do the till, that's it. They don't teach you about customer... Or even, like, you know, I go into Patisserie Valerie. Yes, very nice box. This, I, this box I had to ask for. Why? Because what, she put give four it little cakes... Four, four, four... Look, four big cakes, like these, OK? Oh, they're big, heavy. In a two-cake box and stack them on top of each other. And I went, you can't do that, they're cakes. You don't feel do like that. saying, how did you get the job? Where's the... Ma get the manager, for <laughs> God's sake. These are big cakes, look. Well, yeah, they are. They're very heavy, actually. You, those. you can't put those in a th in, in on top of each other. No, they're not for you, Carl. Not with your weight problem. <laughs> and um, so what she did, she put them on top of each other. So in the end, I said, "Look, I think a bigger bolt. You have to try and help them out because they're obviously a bit stupid." Well, you shouldn't have to help them out. Well, you had to in this case. So she went, "Oh, you want a bigger box?" I went, "Yeah, I think so. Don't you?" <laughs> and you try and sort of do it. So anyway, so she eventually. Try to take them out with the tongs. Well, of course, they crumble. They're very fragile cakes. I hope she gave you new ones. Yeah, so I got a new cake. But I thought, what a waste. Yeah, for silliness. You know, I mean, who is the manager at Patisserie Valerie <clears throat> in Kingston? Are you teaching people how to put stuff... So, first of all, she said, do you want them in a bag? Oh, you can't well, Carl, even by bag. your standards, love. These are... Yeah, these, would you like one? Nice. Would you like one? I'll we'll have that one. We'll take it, then. Thank you very much. <laughs> He's a bit excited now. <laughs> Let's have a look. Look. But it's, it's, face on it's it. fragile, isn't it? It's fragile. It's, so, in other words, you try and lift that it's up soft. with tongs. Yeah. Look, the side of it, he's pushing the side in. He's going to take a big chunk out of that yeah. in a minute. But you feel like she was saying to her, you cannot put cream. cakes like that in a bag. No, you can't. I mean, you know, unless you're really stupid. Even, you know, oh. if you bought by one eclair, they'll put it in like a little box for you, because otherwise you put it into a bag. In Belmont's in... in they put stuck them in to a the bag. Box. It's a cake. It goes in a box. Dear me. Anyway, uh, read the cat pill story. It's the third time I've heard it, says Kath. And it makes me laugh every time. I know. It you is know what it funny. is? It's somebody else laughing that makes you laugh. Yeah, it's infectious. It because I was sitting in my car in a dark street over the other side of the road. Yeah. Uh, I think that was on at quarter past or half past five this morning. Yeah. In the best of uh, 15 minutes of everybody. And I was sitting there and I thought, well, I haven't heard this. And I was sitting there. And I was listening. And I was listening to, like, you were reading the news. <laughs> I was listening to it. And then it, you started laughing. And then... I'm in the car, I thought, if anyone passes by and sees me laughing in the car at this time of the morning, they think I'm bad. mad. I know. But it I is it. funny, because yeah. it, it escalates the situation. But what would be amazing with that 
is it for act to actually see it? Can you yes, imagine yes. it being I performed? I can see a cartoon in my mind. As I was reading it, I saw the cartoon in my mind. <laughs> it's thought, definitely oh, got to be a cartoon. Oh, forgot to mention my how low. A how low? Oh, how low today. Is it good? It's the iPad. The Apple iPad. No. Yes, yes. You have got to be joking. No, I, kid, I kid you not. They're fresh off the press. Fresh. Fresh, this one is. In its box, brand new, untouched by human hand or Carl's. 9.7-inch touch screen, and that's the nearest you get to it. You can use that for internet, email, watching videos, listening to music, play games. Person with the lowest, lowest unique bid will win. That's the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. So, for example, and the hammer's going to come down 10 o'clock. <laughs> and it can be yours. So, for example, for this one, because it's mine, it's Steve. You text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, and then your bid in pen. So, for example, if you want to go for... £1.16. You text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, 116, and then send that to treble eight two one eight 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 two one. If, for example, you want to bid... 34 pence. Good Lord. You text Steve, 34, and send it to treble eight two one. Either of those could be winners. Competition finishes at 10. You must be over 16. Entries are limited and cost pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Good it's luck. It's such a nice thing. It's so have. worth it. I, I tell you. I play with mine every day. And I think without a shadow of a doubt, I can say that every day I get it out and I play with it. And do you know what? I used to go to bed with Teddy. No more. I now go to bed with my iPad. iPad and I'm up till one o'clock in the morning oh. playing Scrabble. And all sorts of other things. I just bought a new teddy. Did you? Yeah, from Harrods. Why? I don't know. Oh, do don't bought... ask me why. Please don't tell me you only bought one. I did only buy one. Goodness me. Well, am I? Just one. You must have been poorly that day. It wasn't expensive. It was only about twenty-five pounds. Oh, the Harrods only... just was teddy. It was. It's... Hang on. This is the person. Only twenty-five pounds. Meanwhile, he's trying to fight, save t- two p off a gallon of petrol. What? Stop. In a in a car yeah. that, that one t- half a turn of the wheel would cost more than that. Well, I don't think we need that kind of talk to <laughs> this morning. I'm It's a Sunday morning. It is Sunday know. morning, but guess who I saw last night? Oh, Ollie Moores. Oh, no, I'll tell you about Ollie later. Oh, right. Tell don't sneer about Ollie. Ollie was one. But oh, let me tell you about God. Much more important. Guess oh. who I said? Guess who came in late? Louis Walsh. No. Simon Cowell. No. Me. No, you did, but God. you weren't there. I don't know who. <laughs> I'll give you a clue. Oh, here we go. It's a guessing game. It's a guessing You game. can play along, Carl. Come on, play You can along. play along, Carl. Okay. I think Carl knows. Oh, does he know already? Well, I told Carl the answer to the question. Um, it's got a partner. I thought you'd gone to sleep there. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, partner. I was thinking. It was oh, right. I was well, well, it's got a partner. And he was with a group of three. Uh, th- there were three other people, and his partner was not there. Right. He's a very, very good friend of... An ex-page three girl. Oh, for goodness sake. And a K- who has a cage-fighting husband. Oh, it's a very good friend of Katie Price. Yeah. Not one of the Lavender twins. Absolutely. Oh, how funny. <laughs> what, out by herself? <laughs> I, I can't gonna, believe it. I was going to go and ask for his autograph for oh, you. Oh, sweet. Which <laughs> one was it? Was the one that, was he wearing a white suit? No, it was a, a, a blue blazer with oh. white stripes in it. Oh, dear. Slightly too tight, but I didn't like to say yes, anything. Yes, exactly. There's trouble. You get to a certain age, mid-40s, <laughs> and you can't wear these things. No. Oh, anyway, no. he seemed to be having a very nice time. Oh, right. Which one was it? Is it the makeup? The, no. Oh, the other one? Yes. Oh, dear. It looks a bit bleary-eyed, doesn't it, at the <laughs> a moment? A little bit tired. Yeah, it's a little bit tired about the eyes. Yes, a little bit oh, tired, but I thought you'd like to know that. A little oh, bit of gossip. Sweet, yes. I know how much, how keen you are to keep up with everything they do. I do like to do. keep up with the Lavender Twins. We're always so keen to find out, you know, what Katie Price's handbags are doing by themselves. Jenny's got a birthday today. 
Happy birthday, Jenny. From Joni and Potter's Bar. Right, now, I did, I did wander through the papers. You did? I didn't... I just, There's not much, is there? You, it's, it's not a great deal. I mean, the interesting thing about it is, is that, that you're talking about cats and giving being nice to cats and trying to give them a pill to make them better. Yeah. They've got a little cat headache. <laughs> the cat dumper, Mary Bale, this, oh, is, a, yeah. this is in the Daily Star. I don't think I've ever read the Daily Star in my life. <laughs> Certainly wasn't in the Times. I yeah. searched it all over. Apparently, is now is getting people that like her and think of that she's a bit of a hero. The, the balmy ones. Yeah, the balmy ones. They're all going out and saying, oh, well, dear. I don't like cats either. Yeah, they're all uh, the dribblers. Yeah, all of those people coming on. Yeah. These people are quite mad, oh, aren't they? Are, they? They're, they're also the, the sad, stupid people. How could they possibly think that that I'd was a nice thing to do? I'd actually hang on to their, their letters and form a database for the police. Yes, that's a very good idea, That would be a good actually. idea, because they're bound to turn up again. They're generally lunatic. And also, she did a bad thing, and everybody thinks she did a bad thing. Mm. Aren't they then doing... Aren't they being as bad as... Do you remember the woman? Yeah. The, the man, Moat Man, that did all yes, those murders? Yes. And then that woman went to, and took her children... Yes. ...to watch Rather his funeral stupid. because I mean, she thought it was good for them. Limited intelligence. Very scary. She's, she's one of life's losers. Absolutely frightening. On benefits, business. of course. Yes, a lot of benefits, yeah, a lot of wasn't benefit, it? £40,000 a year, if I remember yes, reading rightly. yes. And yeah, so Mary Bell is now becoming a hero to people. Anyway, the RSPCA are still considering um, they might they might find her. Well, they faffed around so long. The RSPCA, I wouldn't hold out any hope for them at all. I'm well, afraid. she should make a very large contribution to them. Yes, like all her life savings. Well, she's probably about to lose her job with the Royal Bank of Scotland. I think it's probably unlikely. Yes, but why would they? You see, that's a very tricky situation, you know, mm. because it would be very difficult for her to lose her job because what she did was not done during working hours. True, but she would have signed a contract, and the contract would probably say a working contract, you will not bring the company into disrepute. And I'm thinking that if people go into the branch of RBS in Coventry where she is, and they go, that's the woman, and start pointing, then the bank are going to go, oh, wait a minute, we don't, we don't want this kind of publicity. They may, She's well, bringing bad publicity on the bank. Well, they may, she, they may have to put her in, the back, in a back room, yeah, not well, have her out on the front. Room. Yeah, she stick won't be in a wheelie bin. Yes, that's a good Leave idea. Leave her in a wheelie bin outside. I outside the bank. Yeah. And so the trouble is, she's brought it on herself. She has. Nobody's, nobody's made her do it. You know, she's quite clearly one of these stupid people out there who thinks she can get away with it and probably thought she could do it. The, the one thing that we raised during the week was the fact that she was very lucky that it wasn't rubbish collection day. Because had that cat been in there, gone to sleep... Yeah. And the rubbish men come, they attach the bin to the back of the wagon, then they've all got their music in, they're not, they're not hearing anything because they don't want to hear this clunk clunk, the thing tips up, empties it in, and immediately a big thing comes down and squashes it all to the back, and that cat would have been dead. Yeah, and those owners would and never... And that vile old bag would have been, she wouldn't have known the cat was dead. No. The owners would never have known where their cat would have been. No, not at all. And that's what makes her evil and nasty. But, of course, had it not been for the CCTV camera... Exactly. She could yeah. have got away with it altogether. But we're all she? on CCTV, walking around this building, walking out the building, going down the, the back street. Mm. Everywhere you go, you're covered by... C you can't do anything now. In the nightclub? Outside my office? I watch, I watch this... I look at a CCTV camera yeah. where I work, and it literally turns all the time. Constantly. Yeah. I've got looking. them. I've got CCTV at home. In your flat? Outside, <laughs> inside, everywhere. <laughs> got me, for strange reasons, I've got it in the bedroom. Don't ask me why. <laughs> Let's have a check on the road, shall we? Gary Taylor. LBC 97.3. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Ray and Balham says, the other day I was in my local pub and a young guy said to the barman, can I get a pint of lager? To my delight, the barman said, no, you can't. That's what I'm paid for. 
The stupid young customer stood there, open-mouthed, not knowing what to say. Do you know, I mean, we're obviously just employing people in retail, a lot of people, who have no idea how to serve customers. That's because they've not been trained properly. They don't have the personalities. I would expect, out of all the places I go to, M&S, I mean, they've got this thing in the M&S food place in Twickenham now, where they have to ask you how your day's going. Oh, no, they all do that. Yeah, they do that well, where I live, so too. it's so stupid. It's an American <laughs> thing. Hi, how's your day going? How are you today? You know, how are you today? What, what have you been doing? Well, I murdered somebody, then I ran over a cat, <laughs> and I'm about to join the Territorial <laughs> Army. How's your day gone? <laughs> you could just say, I'm fine, thank well, you. Well, I don't want to tell people. But why? It's because, because you're it's difficult. It's nothing to do with them. Yes, it is. They're being polite. You're they're just not, moaning. No, they're Five not minutes. being polite. What they're doing is they're following a little script. Yeah, I know, but it's better than just going grunting at you and saying, yes. they didn't do anything. Just please and thank you. <laughs> Not good morning, Mr. Allen. No. Why? No, I don't... That's a lovely shirt you've got on today. Well, yeah, What but are you going to do this afternoon? I'm not How are your you? hanging baskets? I'm not telling but you. But I want to know. Well, I'm not telling you. And what about... about I'll tell you what they never do, which is quite interesting, when you're in a supermarket, in, a, in a, a food place like that. Wouldn't it be quite interesting... <laughs> If you were to get a job there, just you get a job there for one afternoon. I'll go on the other till. Hmm. And we'll get Carl to do packing, maybe, at the end. You know, yeah. would you like help with your packing? And you've got one like tin of peas. But they do say that in Sainsbury's. You've got two grapes and a cucumber. And they go, would you like help with packing? And you go, I yes, think I, I can manage, that. actually. Would you like help in packing? <laughs> it's only two things. Do I look infirm? <laughs> what about if you were to do a, a scenario and you were in there in the supermarket... And they didn't ask you if you were having a nice day or any of that. They go, good morning. And you come on, or your stuff's on the trolley and go, oh, I haven't tried that. And start commenting. What, commenting about the food? Yes, I Yes, 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 yes. I don't believe you. I do, seriously. Oh, that shepherd's pie looks nice. Yes. How do you cook that? Then you'd have to start telling them about your oven. Yeah. And everything else, and, you know, nobody else would ever get served. I always say, I say exactly the same. If somebody says, how are you? I go, well, are you medically qualified? And then they go, well, not really. I say, well, I can't discuss it with you. I have a GP, and it's, it's private and confidential. It all starts on Tuesday with a slight back pain. And then I did my first injection of the day, and that hurt. We'd like to see the bruises, and I generally drop my jeans at that moment and show them the bruises on my leg. From all the injections all you've the had injections. to administer. Yeah, I'm terrible for bruises. Yes. Well, I can't stop bruising. Keep stop stabbing yourself, then. Well, I can't help it. I, I don't stab. You I sure just push in gently. You sure it's not that you keep falling off that shower stool? I'm not falling off it. I'm sitting on it. Yeah. I sat on it. It's not a homemade one. It, I'll tell you, Carl, If you saw it, Carl, you'd be me. going, I want that. Carl, I want to know, Carl, and Carl, Carl will back me up here, because Carl and I have worked on other programmes, but he will back me up. I want to know how it stays in the bath and doesn't move from side Rubber to side. Rubber feet on it. Rubber feet, but, but it's curved, the doesn't bath. Move. Doesn't move. Doesn't move? Nope. Even when you sit on it? Even when I sit on it. When you stand up and you dry move. yourself... When you dry I don't dry myself in the bath. No, no, you get out of the bath. Well, I hope you get out of the bath. I get out of the bath, yeah. My yeah. mother used to dry us with a flannel, first of all, so it takes so the towels didn't get soaking wet. Mm. But I don't. I generally stand up for the last bit of showering off. Right. And then turn and off the shower. Do you move the chair out uh, to the I other end of the bath? I slide it back a little bit, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then I get out of the thing and I have one towel round my head and then one round my butt. I look a bit like a Ricky Jet from Cleopatra. <laughs> It's not an attractive look. And then I sort of stand there looking in the mirror and then I dry and do my hair first. Do you not cover the mirror up before you get out looking like this? No. I think maybe no. you ought to. <laughs> no, I then don't. And you dry yourself. Do you moisturise? Yes. All over? Uh, no, not all over, no. I use no? this cocoa butter. Oh, right. Just on your head? 
No, 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 I don't use that on my head, no. It's good tummy. for your hair, you know. Tummy and arms. <laughs> what do you hope to achieve from it on your tummy? Smelling like a coconut. <laughs> I don't know. There's no reason for it at all. <laughs> you just do your tummy. Force of habit. You I don't... do... As soon as I've dried off, and then go... Do that. Oh, what, deodorant? deodorant. Deodorise. Yes, and then I use moisturiser on my neck and then another moisturiser on my face. Because mm. I've got very dry skin. Then, uh, then I use the cocoa butter. Right. And um, <laughs> then a bit of aftershave. <laughs> Quite a bit of aftershave. You do realise there are people waking up right now, tuning into your programme and thinking, what on earth is he going on thinking, what an honest person, ladies and gentlemen. That's what they're thinking. They're thinking, yes. an honest person. You with a towel in a turban is very white. You know you can buy those, don't you? Yeah. Already made up. Yeah. So you just slip them over That'd your just head. That would silly, wouldn't it, John? Yeah, but you could put a jewel in it. Don't it most people fantastic. get out of the shower and put a towel round them? Don't you put a towel no. round you? No. When you shower? It's just me, then. Doesn't everybody do no, this? No, because I'm reading a book, actually, Lyndon LaPlante's new book. And what, just... while you're showering? No, while well, I was showering because the w- book isn't waterproof. Dear. But when I was sitting in the car earlier listening to you and I was reading my bit of book to keep myself awake, there, one of the, the girl did exactly that in the, in the book. The character came out of the shower and a towel was wrapped around her and she had her hair up in another towel and then she laid on the duvet to cool down after the hot, stimulating shower. They're not the exact words from the books, but more or less. I think there was a man lying on the bed as well, but we won't go into that as it's Sunday morning. Scarlet's in Tabba in Egypt. Oh, how wonderful. I love Tabba. And and they're listening. Oh, they are? It's the Rose family again. Oh, I know where they are. Exactly where they are. They've been scuba diving. Liliana has swum without armbands. Mummy's sunbathing and Daddy is, well, being Daddy. (laughs) Oh, no, is he grumpy? Don't tell me he's grumpy today. We miss you and Harry the Labradoodle. So they're in Tabba, so they come back tomorrow. Wonderful. Can't believe they've been a week. It's a lovely place. I know. He gave me a Skype number and I said, no, it's hardly worth it for a week. Not to Skype, no. No, I mean, not They want Skype. peace and quiet there. Exactly. I'm hoping they're going to be very, uh, all, all tanned. It is everything. a wonderful hotel. I've been is there. Darren, well, yes. I think they've stayed there before. They've been there loads of times. Yeah. Yes. I sent them there first. That's right, yeah. And yeah. They, they've gone there again. Yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful. They love it. Yeah, I don't blame them. Perfect. Holiday, yeah, hot. Sorry? I've got, some, I've got uh, a couple of clients yeah. uh, who went off this weekend. For, it was their 40th birthday. Because there is an article in the paper today saying that oh. everybody is rushing off on holiday. Britain's rush to grab bargains at cut price as deals flood the market. Oh. Well, this wasn't a cut price holiday. This was a very expensive holiday. And they went to the Burj Al Arab. Oh, I know the Burj Al Arab. The big, big fancy yes. hotel. And they had a panoramic suite for two nights. They flew business class course on the new a380 airbus actually mm. and w- one of the things he asked me to do for him this particular client was to put a bottle of champagne and some flowers into the room because it was his partner's birthday right she was turning 40 today i have to make it quick we're running out oh of sorry time. we're running out of time just want to mention the fact easter and christmas are around the corner and if it goes on much longer i'll have aged anyway i sent over for the uh, wine list from the uh, the berger larab to have a look, to show him and say, look, would you like to see this? And I read them out, and I didn't read what it said at the top. And I thought, Bol- Bo- Bollinger. <laughs> Bo- Touch go then, wasn't it? <laughs> Bollinger. Bollinger. Oh, that was lucky. <laughs> Don't make me laugh, I think of that cat again. Bollinger. Boll- Bollinger. £48. Pounds. Yes. £48. Pounds. Yeah. A glass. A glass. Not a bottle. Yeah. A bottle of Moe was £1,273. Good grief. It's ridiculous. So it? I sold him to order a case and enjoy his weekend. 
Lovely. Thank you, John. More from John in a moment. Regarding the cat in the bin story, says Gareth, apparently the RSPCA have decided they're not going to prosecute. So there you go. However, the local council will be charging her for putting the cat in the wrong bin. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. It's Steve Allen's Sunday Breakfast, LBC 97.3. And, um... Well, it's just nice today because it's bank holiday. It's lovely. It's a lovely day outside. Yeah. It, it, it's it, a bit nippy this it's morning. It's going to rain this afternoon. Oh, yeah, but only for a, a little while. It's not going to rain like a lot. So it's not... heavy. Yeah, I know, but quick bursts. Well, like, uh, yeah. You know, a shower and then it'll pass. Yeah. It'll be lovely tomorrow. Is it? Yeah. I'm, I'm in here tomorrow. Yeah, you're in here tomorrow. No, I shall listen. Ian maybe. Dale is in for Andrew Pierce today. Andrew's still having the Botox. Is he? Takes a lot of Botox. I don't think there's enough Botox in the world. Uh, and with the Cabinet Minister saying that Britain's streets were in danger of losing their character due to too many useless signs and advertising hoardings, Ian will be asking uh, what you would do to declutter London's streets. Because everywhere you go, and we discovered round our way that there was an estate, well, actually on the way down to Chiswick, and if one estate agent put a board up, they all came round and put their boards mm. up. And so they didn't have any properties for sale there. They just wanted to be in with all the advertising. And we had a problem with estate agents locally putting a board up on our building. And we threatened them with legal action. You come round and you take it off. Because what they do, if they're attaching it to a building, they're putting nails in, which is going through the bricks. Which is damaging it, of Exactly. Course. Well, not only damaging, but we said you'd come round and take them down. If you don't, we're going to start charging you rental per day. And it's £20 a day. They can't get them down quick enough. No. It's, it's funny, when they're, they're about three doors along from me, someone, they sold their house. And uh, the people had moved in and everything else. Three weeks later, mm. the sign saying yes. sold was still up outside. Yes. What you have to do is go and pull it down <clears throat> and shove it in the garden. Yeah, you put it down, you shove it in the garden, and then you tell them, that, oh, your sign's fallen down, don't yeah. you think you ought to come take it away? Yes. But why should you have to do that? They should have to remove it themselves. Well. Uh, plus, with a few days to go until ballot papers for the Labour leadership contest are sent out, Ian will be asking if this particular battle's caught your imagination and how it ranks with the leadership battles of yesteryear. Joining him in the studio, journalist and author Yasmin Alibi-Brown, who'll be going through the day's papers. So she'll be doing all the stories about the X Factor today. <coughs> so Ian Dale for Andrew Pearce <coughs> this morning from 10. Blanche d- says M&S staff are lovely. I'm a cab driver. It annoys me when people don't even have the courtesy to say please or thank you and not even look at you. Nobody's got any manners nowadays. Oh. I mean, you expect it from... I expect to go into... In the same way, if you go to uh, Harrods, for example, mm. and you say to any assistant, can you t-, they always ask you at the end of the transaction, is there anywhere you need to go to now? And you go, um, Christmas decorations. They go, down here, to the left, right. They're all expected to know where everything is. Quite right, too. I go to a shop in Kingston the other... I was having a field day in Kingston. I tell you, I filled a programme on Kingston. And there's a toy shop in the marketplace. And outside it, they've got a bubble machine. Mm. Which is blowing out bubbles. And it was blowing out lots of bubbles. And it's a little round thing, uh, like a windmill. And it sends them all out. And it was battery operated. And I thought, you know, I'll get one of those. I just fancy having bubbles outside the place. Because I think it's quite, you know, nice. Outside your house? Yeah. Don't ask me what. Anyway, ju- I just wanted it. All right, don't even don't even question why. It's just because you're taking your hanging baskets down. You're going to replace it by a bubble machine. Yeah. So I go in there. So I go to this girl who's fairly chirpy. I go, "Oh, have you got um, the bubble machine outside?" Yes, we have. So she takes me around there, and with the bubble machine comes one thing of bubbles. Hmm. So I then look around for the assistant who's vanished, and I found another girl. I said, "Have you got any more bubbles? Bubble, you know, liquid to go in?" No. Uh, <laughs> no point in buying it then, is there? Because you take it home. You know, if I gave it, gave it to the kids, the kids would play with it. As soon as the bubbles are run out, uh, you know, 
misery, so you want to you have bubbles. Mm. It's got to be special bubbles. Can't just, you know, make up stuff with washing up, Luca. They're not proper bubbles. And so I, I, I thought well, that's a bit pointless. You're advertising a bubble machine. You've got it outside the, this toy shop yep. near the Royal Bank of Scotland, and you haven't got any spare bubble machine apart from little tiny bubbles. But, you know, you want a big... No, I want the proper bubbles. You want industrial? Yeah, so I didn't buy it. How much was it? About seven ninety nine. Oh, that's nothing. That's well, marvellous. It's, it's only a cheap thing. I've, I've got a, a Father Christmas who blows bubbles. Bet you have. I ha- no, I bought <laughs> it years and years ago, and it's a little Father Christmas, and he sits there, and in front of him he's got a little bowl, and he's got a wand, mm. and you turn him on, and he... he and it plays tunes, and he dips his little wand in the little thing in front of him, brings it up to his lips and goes... How is that possible? I've just told you. He brings it down, he blows it... But how does he blow? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't make the thing. Very and that was clever. only about three ninety nine. and he's, he's bubble-blowing Father Christmas. I hope you only bought one. I did only buy one, but <laughs> I tell you what, it's really nice. It's a very festive thing. I bet you wish you bought four now, don't you? I do wish I bought four. <laughs> I used to go to Southall and buy all those funny, you know, monkeys hanging on a bar and they yeah. go down a scenic railway. Actually, I typed in on YouTube, world's biggest roller coaster drop. And it, isn't it here, in the UK? No. There's one in Japan, and there's one, I think it's... And this thing, it goes in, and it shoots you in the car, and then you go up vertically. Mm. Vertically. And as you go up, it twists, gets to the top, and they've got a camera on the front of it. You can't even see the bottom of the rail. It just drops like a... Well, I'm watching it on YouTube, and I'm feeling ill. I would... I could go up. But I do love it. I do love that. Would you go on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you? Yeah. I can't go on them. I used to love them. I can't go on them. And it's not the fall... Or the lovely feeling in your stomach, because I quite like Isn't that, that feeling, feeling in your stomach. that feeling half your nether regions come up inside your That's stomach? That's a lovely feeling. I love that feeling. Oh, it's beautiful. Do you know what I can't do? What? I can't go to the height. If uh, the cl- It's the climb I don't like. The fall I don't care about. Well, this thing, the little railway, the, it's so narrow, the gauge, and it takes you up vertically, and then it twists and it gets to the top, and then it goes there, and then it stops, I just know. as it's hanging over the edge. For several seconds. And you can see, and then you can't see the bottom, and then it just goes... Free fall. Freefall. Oh, called. it's just fantastic. Have you ever done that freefall thing where you go up to the yeah, top of the building? Yeah, I took Giles on it. And then you literally, it, you send it and then yeah. whoosh! Yeah, they Giles let you and fall. I went on it last, last Christmas oh. at the Winter Wonderland Fair. And it was a big foreign piece of equipment. And uh, and we all sit round the outside. <laughs> it was from darkest Russia or somewhere. From it, it's like <laughs> the, the overseas, they have bigger equipment than we mm. do. Ours looks traditional. And we sit round it, and then it moves up very slowly. Mm. And when you get to the top, this thing is swaying in the. Br- We're so high up. <laughs> I need oxygen. You know, Giles has passed out. And all I'm thinking is, I hope these bars that are holding us in hold us properly. Because you sit up there, mm. and the lights flash, then the lights go off, then they flash again, and then it just drops. That's what I don't like. Like a stone. And you're not prepared for it, because they don't go three, two, what it just drops. You'll have to go out, you'll have to go, when you're in Vegas, yeah. you'll have to go up to Stratosphere Tower. They've, they've changed it. Yes, I know, I've been on it. Yeah. I've been on the, well, I didn't go on it. The new one is a, and it looks as though it's just going <clears> to go up, it goes slowly, doesn't it? It's like a rocket. Yes. Like a little rocket that seats about four people. Yeah. And it... You you get on on to this machine. I didn't get on. I couldn't get on it. Oh. I, I could. I can't. The, 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 I, I, at the stratosphere, I have to stand with my back to the view because I can't look out. I'll faint. Oh. I don't like heights of any kind. Fat lot of use at the funfair. You. <clears throat> I'd be dreadful. Don't yeah. ask me to climb up the Eiffel Tower. Anyway, that thing actually 
moves very, very, very slowly. That's right. Away from the building. Yes. But very, very, very slowly. I've seen it on YouTube. And then suddenly it lurches back and then it goes zoom and it drops you right over the edge of that building. That it's in building is unbelievably high. Yeah. It's vast. And when you're at the top of it, everything looks like a centimetre in size. It's quite astonishing. It made me feel so ill, I couldn't, I couldn't look. I had to stay inside the glass. But there's another thing, right, on it. The other, so you go around the other side of that, this viewing platform. You have no. to do this. You'll love this. And there is... <clears throat> how can I describe this? It's like an arm yeah. with, an umbre- with umbrellas on it. Yeah. And you sit in one of these umbrellas. Yeah, I've sat in one of these things before. And they're flim... But you're... A hundred stories up. Little chains holding you on. And, and I'm clinging on to thinking, you around. I hope I don't fall out. Well, you, they look like they're going to fall out, yeah. these people. People were loving it. Running back in. I'm, my heart's racing now, even thinking about You'd it. You'd love to go on that, wouldn't yeah. you? Well, you will. Well, no, I did the chair planes at South End, and I thought, I'm going to fall out. Well, imagine I'm gonna that. I'm going to fall out of this and thing. And you're a hundred floors up. Yeah. So it's just hanging over the outside. Madness. Oh, why do we do it? I've yeah. got all goosebumps for thinking about it. <laughs> you rather that. like that, didn't you? I do you? quite like the idea. Uh, Francis says, thank you for <laughs> mentioning the kids' free theatre tickets this week. Uh, we went. We had a lovely time. Went to see Oliver on Friday. Very nice. So first Love time Oliver. at the theatre. So that was, uh, that was good very news. nice. Uh, Christine says, <laughs> uh, I hope I can get tickets to see you on the 4th of December. We haven't, uh, we haven't finalised yet. No, we haven't. Not, not finalised no. yet. Uh, it's not Lindy in the bag. Said, it's not in the bag, as I said. As they say. Lindy says, I never understood your annoyance when buying something being asked for a bag. Until now, I bought a moleskin diary. Uh, and the salesman looked down his nose and said, do I need a bag? I said yes. He was given a, I was given a tiny one with no handles. They tried that the other day. I bought some underwear in, uh, in Marks and Spencer's. And, and I, I generally like to, you know, I like to buy a lot of underwear. And, uh, and they try and cram it all in the same bag. You think, why don't you just put it in a bigger bag? You know, supposed to try to cram but, it into a small hang on, bag. Just, just one second. You know, you're supposed to reuse the bags. Sorry. Why do you always need reuse. a bag? Mad. When you go back to the supermarket or wherever you go, don't you take the bags that you've already bought? No. You get credits for that. You get money, Couldn't like your tuppence less. off your shell petrol. Care you less. get money. You would as that, those underpants that you bought might have been thirteen ninety six instead of thirteen ninety nine. Well, they were 13 they were £15. <laughs> you were robbed. <laughs> Did you get to with the price of swirl or something? Oh, I just, like, I see them, and I'm strangely drawn to the colours. It's odd, that, isn't it, when you consider nobody ever sees them. Do you wear coloured pants, then? I'm not discussing that with you. You're Why? not medically qualified. <laughs> I am. You're not, sir. I am, I like buying pants. <laughs> it's a bit of a thing for me. Actually, here's a little funny, funny little story from the paper. This is from The Telegraph today. In, and it's uh, about John Lennon. It says, I want to buy your pan. That was the refrain being sung by one Beatles fan after John Lennon's lavatory sold for ten times its guide price at auction yesterday. The porcelain bathroom fitting was used by the musician when he lived at Tittenhurst Park in Berkshire between 1969 and 1972. It was expected to sell for £1,000, but a private overseas investor paid... £9,500 for it. That's absurd, isn't it? Ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Front page of the Telegraph today. Well, surprisingly, in the news of the world, they reckon that Kerry Katona has bagged herself a new boyfriend who's a hunky kickboxer, like Jordan did. There's nothing hunky about Alec Reid. No. A bigger bunch of cotton wool you'd be hard-pushed to find, I'm afraid. Where is it? Daryl says we've been here two weeks... 
Doesn't two time weeks. Two weeks. Goodness me. Good grief. They've done any excursions? I hope they have. Yeah, they do. They, they, they know it so well out there, don't yes, they? Yes, they do. I've been there enough times. Goodness me. So anyway, Kerry and the I'm not going to go out with any more men, as usual, lies emanate from this woman every time she opens her mouth. Uh, Robbie Williams, still looking a bit scary, I'm afraid, in every picture with Gary Barlow. Why does Robbie yes. Williams look like he's the mad one? Well, he is the mad one. I know. He was mad for leaving in the first place. Oh, Sarah Ferguson arriving for uh, her half-sister's wedding in a, in a totally unflat... Who dresses these people, for goodness sake? What is she wearing now? Well, she's wearing an outfit. I mean, it's just... <laughs> just ridiculous. It was in the village of Dummer. It's a muddy print dress, over-accessorised. I mean, poor Sarah Ferguson, not a clue about what to wear. Isn't she being... Not a clue about anything, really. Isn't she rushed off to Sardinia on another she's holiday? Been... Oh, she spends most of her time <clears> doing nothing. <throat> terrible... She's Isn't got no money. Outfit? Well, she seems... You'd never know she had no money. There's a picture. I've never seen this outfit before, so I'm assuming it's either a freebie or she spent more money. She might be wearing her daughter's clothes, though. They're quite possibly. She, they must get an allowance. It certainly doesn't fit they? her, that's a fact. Not that I'm bitter or anything like that. Uh, 14 minutes to nine. C97.3. If you love gadgets, we've got a great prize for you at lbc.co.uk because LBC and LG are giving you the chance to win an LG Optimus GT540 touchscreen mobile phone with three megapixels of camera. To find out more and for your chance to win, go to LBC 97.3. I did laugh last night at uh, Louis Walsh looking at the uh, the four lads who sang a cappella. The builder, the baker, the biker and the unemployed. Who, as I've said before, uh, were auto-tuned and then they obviously took it off and so that's why we're, we're going... But they're singing flat on some of it and Louis was going, well, you were pitch perfect and Simon said the same. I thought they would have been had you allowed the auto-tune machine to be used. But at the end, Simon Cowell said... He said, of course, if Louis had found you years ago, you'd be wearing little suits with bow ties and singing <laughs> Could It Be Magic? And even Louis Walsh laughed. He did Because laugh. all of his groups are formulaic. <clears throat> well, he'll have that... If he, if he gets the mm. groups this year, yeah. he'll have those four boys if they go through. He mentored JLS, but, of course, he's not... Doesn't have JLS. Mentored Girls Allowed doesn't have Girls Allowed anymore. No, they're not his... Pro- it, well, JLS were never his, were they? They, they, got their, they went to a he, different he, management they, they company. They were in the beginning, but they, then they sort of went to somebody proper. Their own, yeah. Otherwise, they'd be singing little Irish ballads by now. <laughs> Do tap dance. I've seen some airbrushing in my time, but by God, this is one here of a 70-year-old Cliff Richard for his latest calendar. Oh, my goodness me. I mean... He can't look that good, no, can he? No, he doesn't, no. The body is like a body of a 20-year-old. Yes. Yes, it's, uh, he's releasing his latest album, and so he's got a near six-pack. Well, this is airbrushed, I'm sorry. It's absolutely airbrushed beyond belief. Well, I hope it is. Yeah. It's not natural, is it, to be that fabulous? Mm. He's nearly 70, isn't he? Now, talking about fabulous, 70. I know you don't like him, but I've got to tell you that Ollie Muir's... Oh, oh, stop it. Boring, boring, boring. Boring, boring, yeah, boring, boring, boring. Shut up. Read your paper. Mm-hmm. Ollie Muir's last night was absolutely... Sensational. Yeah. He performed to the crowd. He did his new song. He did three or four others. He sung Angels. I thought oh, of you when he was singing that. God. I thought, I wish Steve was oh, here because now. Because he's sort of going, oh, my new <coughs> best friend is Robbie, the mad one, Williams. He sang it very well. And live. And no auto-tune. Yeah. Maybe a little backing tape. Yeah. There has to be a backing tape, tape doesn't yeah. there? But he was very, very good. He's wearing that peculiar little hat he wears everywhere. He was wearing a little yeah. hat. Yeah, you know he why? Did, his hair's falling out. He did undo his shirt for oh, some strange reason. God. I can't think why. How but, tricky. I have to tell you, he pledged... First of all, his single comes out tomorrow, his new single, and it's very good. He sang that first. It was very nice. And he said that... <laughs> 
Jeremy, <laughs> who's the, who does all the PA stuff at, uh, at the club, he said, if you get to number one this week, will you come back and sing? And actually, he said, if I get to number one this week, so I'll come back and sing the song Naked. And he signed it on a piece of paper. So if you want to see Ollie Muir's Naked singing his latest song in a few weeks' time, uh, go out and buy his out record uh, immediately. On second thoughts, if you're somebody who lives in Essex, <coughs> you'd have seen it all before, won't you? <laughs> yes. Uh, now, David and Kate say, ask John if he knows if it's possible to have a private dinner at Highgrove. It's their mother's 80th next year. I want to do something unexpected. Uh, only if you donate about a million pounds to the Prince of Wales's trust. Hmm. You'll never get a dinner there. Of course you won't, for goodness no, sake. No, but he does do dinners. My next-door neighbour, Susie, she's been to Highgrove several times because she has done a lot of work That's for the right. Prince's Trust. Yeah. If you're actually doing something, there. yes. <laughs> so, yeah, you, I don't think you can. Not at all. No. You get a private dinner anywhere. You get a private dinner somewhere like Claridge's. Yeah. If they've got private rooms where you can have dinner. Yeah. Well, that'd be a lovely thing to do. I think so, yes. I, I quite... Yes. Have you went to one of Gordon Ramsay's restaurants or, or one of Bl- Blumenthal's restaurants and said, this is a very special dinner, I would like a private room. They all have private rooms that you can't, nobody else can see in the restaurant. Yeah. I mean, What's the you, point? Well, the you idea spend is, all that money on a private room and nobody sees you. I want to be seen. Hello, well, we're here. Why do you want to be seen? Because you just do. It's not a pr- there's no point in having a private room. I don't want a private room. I mean, if you want a private room, stay at home. What, and don't get, bother going get out take to a away. restaurant. Yeah, get a takeaway in. Do you think Claridge's would do takeaway? Take it. Well, when was the last time you went out to a restaurant, then, Carlo? When was the last time? Okay. <laughs> oh, when you were in Morocco. You see? Yeah. I'm, sorry, I'm not counting the tourist place we go. And you want the kebab? You want the kebab? You know, didn't I'm not have a kebab. That. I'm talking about a posh restaurant. He would restaurant. have had couscous. Really? You went to a posh restaurant, <clears> did you? There you go. See? Um, best fillet steak. Morocco. In Morocco. I ask you. That's true. In between That's couscous right. and everything else. they're much, much more into lamb. Oh, guess who I saw in Costco the other day? Who? Okay, give you a clue. Okay. Strange woman. <laughs> strange. Even barmier husband. Oh, strange. She's recently been on television pretending to cook. Oh. Having seen the stuff she was buying in Costco, quite clearly not at home. Not the not the woman with the blonde hair and the husband's a bit potty. Yeah. She's, she, they, there was a bit of a scandal about them yeah. and it all got washed Christine away. Christine Hamilton pushing yes. a trolley around Costco. Ah. She's a silly woman. Exactly. She's very slappable. She looks silly. I'm afraid. And anyway, she, she, she looked at us thinking we're obviously looking at it going, ooh, it's Christine Hamilton. We weren't. I'd rather her <laughs> than Edwina Curry, though, uh, any day. Oh, I don't know. I like Edwina Curry. Really? Yeah, I do. I don't. Ab- oh, do you not? No. Oh, right. I very like Edwina. unpleasant woman. Oh, I liked her. Did you? Yeah, I, was, was... I thought she was very feisty. Yeah, she was quite feisty. Yeah. Temperamental. Yeah, but come on, we're all temperamental. Heavens above. I'm not. Except, no, I'm not either. I'm never temperamental. <laughs> I'm constantly temperamental. Listen to this. This is my favourite dessert. Oh, right. Okay, like this is a recipe. This is in um, a Daily Mail, from the Daily Mail. Twelve slices of white bread. Sorry, I would start that again. Twelve slices of white bread crust removed and halved. Currants and cream, isn't it? No, it hasn't. No. Okay. no, it hasn't. All right, all right. <laughs> Short temper. <laughs> I've been up a long time. <laughs> 225 grams of red currants, uh, 150 grams of black currants, 350 grams of raspberries, 400 grams of strawberries, hulled and halved. What does that mean? Hulled. They take the middle oh, of the, it out. The, yes. the, the, the yeah. stalk thing, yeah. yeah. For the topping, 15 basil leaves, chopped Mixed berries, halved if necessary, fresh basil leaves, and fresh borage flowers. 
Looks beautiful. And it's basil-infused summer pudding. Sounds disgusting. I love summer... Don't you like summer pudding? I'm not bothered, actually. Summer pudding is my favourite dessert of all time. Summer pudding with a nice dollop of cream on the side. No, creme fraiche I like. Half, half, like creme half fat creme fraiche. Just, uh, I'm never sure it is half fat. No, I'm not, I don't. I don't think. know how they work. Is that it sour out? milk to me? No. Well, it's quite nice though. Creme it's fresh. fruit, a little bit of fruit in it. It's quite nice, isn't it? I've started eating. I'm um, sirloin steaking it this week. Are you sirloining? Yeah. I like fill. I, I cut it into cubes. You haven't got an oven, have you? Oh, you've got a funny oven, haven't you? <laughs> I've got a, a halogen. <laughs> it's not a proper John. oven. It's, it's not a, a real. It's oven. a proper oven. It's not an oven. I can do anything in there, <laughs> and if I do spare ribs, they come up all crispy. If I do belly of pork, it comes up crispy. It's called burnt, Steve. It's not burnt. It's absolutely. It's called burnt. It's up beautiful. <laughs> does it? Yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, actually, a friend of mine's got one. He says it's just wonderful chips in it. Oven chips are wonderful. But I did lamb, and I got uh, lamb steaks for a change, and I put them in the oven oh, with a little bells. olive oil, some salt and pepper, and I picked some rosemary from one of my window boxes. Cause I've got rosemary in my oh, window boxes. God, you just knew <laughs> it, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Love what I, did. I oh, do have it dear. though. You know what have we got in the window? Oh, go and pick some <laughs> fresh herbs <laughs> from outside. Oh, I've got two window boxes with herbs. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I'm saving the environment. Well, a friend of mine lives in a tower block. There's no chance <laughs> he's lost three window boxes already. People <laughs> downstairs are eating very well. <laughs> yeah, but people keep throwing bricks up at his window. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I did that, and I did that, and then yeah. 20 minutes, and that came out beautiful, with new potatoes and broccoli, steamed. Yeah. Sounds fabulous, I like it? broccoli, yeah, I'm, I'm eating a lot of broccoli. Broccoli's very, very yes, good for I'm you. I'm eating a lot of broccoli. Full of vitamin D. And uh, baby sweet corn, the little sweet corn thing. The little ones. Did you yeah. ever do corn? I like corn on the cob, though, as yes, well. Yes, it's so fiddly, though. And to be honest, oh, it's always... It's too hot. Well, you let it cool down. You blow yeah, but on it's, it. Well, it's not the same, is it? Did your mum ever it? say, blow on it first, Steve? Blow on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've done that. I've done the blowing on it bit. Yeah. I still want to eat it straight away. And you go... <laughs> and <laughs> it I tastes can, lovely. I can never quite get to grips with the fact that corn on the cob becomes cornflakes. Does it? Yeah, that's what... What's in cornflakes? Are the clue is in the word <laughs> corn, okay? When it comes from rabbits. What about those baby corn things, then? No, it doesn't come from them, does it? It comes from corn. Yeah, but corn. But corn that no, grows in a field. And the corn is as high <laughs> as an elephant's yes. eye. But you can't, how can you make a little yellow sweet corn into a cornflake? Flatten flake? it out. I'm if gonna... you take that cornflake at home, put it in, in warm milk and then roll it up again, it turns out like a piece of corn from Corn on the Cob that, or the Jolly Green Giant. That's oh, the oh, oh. biggest load of nonsense I've ever had. It's absolute fact. I'm going to go look that up. Do you know, and I you're a, wrong. a cheque for a million pounds <laughs> deposited in my offshore account. <laughs> Not your coots account. Not my coots account, no. <laughs> if you're wrong, that's nonsense. Nonsense. Cornflakes come from from wheat, from what? wheat and corn. No corn. I know. Oh, it's hopeless, isn't the it? The production no, of it. Shredded wheat comes from. Oh, the clue is in the title. <laughs> I Rice don't like Krispies wheat. comes from. Well, not Krispies. What about shredders? Yeah. Shredders are those old ladies That's that sew, they sew it. Yeah. They make the shredders yeah. in a big factory. So cornflakes come from corn. Rice krispies <laughs> come from frosties. So come it's from not crushed. Then if they're cornflakes, it's flakes of. They're not flattened. It says flakes. Flakes when you Ladies when you we, take. We have oh. to leave it there. We're going to have John taken out, hosed down. <laughs> oh, thank you need God to go for back that. To bed as quickly as possible. I haven't been to bed. Go, go now. Yes. We'll see you later in the week. Maybe. Yeah. He's not well, you know. He's not been well for ages. The worse, the older he gets, the worse he gets. Which is probably the ad advice. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Steve Allen's Sunday breakfast with my special How Low today. And uh, it finishes at 10 o'clock, so you've got 
56 minutes to get your hands on the Apple iPad, because 10 o'clock this morning, the lines will close. It's one of this year's must-have gadgets. 9.7-inch touch screen. You can use it for the internet, for email, watching videos, listening to music, play games, much more. person with the lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Hammer comes down at 10am. To play this one, you text Steve... S-T-E-V-E, and then your bid in pence. So, for example, if you think it's going to be uh, 42 pence, you text Steve, 42, and then send that to treble eight two one To bid uh, £1.80, you text Steve, 180, and send it to treble eight two one. The competition finishes at 10 o'clock this morning. You must be over 16. Entries are limited and cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. The iPad is thin, light. It's got a 10-hour battery life, so you can take it everywhere. It's absolutely fantastic. It really is. Almost as fantastic as the match fixer, Mazia Mahmood, does another stunning thing for the news of the world. Uh, and they catch a man who has rigged the Pakistan game, the current Lord's Test between England and Pakistan. And... Um, in the most sensational sporting scandal ever, bowlers Mohammed Amir and Mohammed Asif delivered three blatant no balls to order. The price, 150,000. It's just unbelievable, this story. Unbelievable. Allegedly. They had, they, well... Alleg- it's still being investigated. Well, they have the man who's, uh, who's collected the money. I know, but he's, he's only just been arrested. Yeah, but they've, already, but they've already got these... They've already bowled these things. Yeah, but whether the two were connected or not is yeah. um, debatable. Amazing, isn't it? Yes. But it says, it says precisely the moments promised to the reporter, they get these blatant no balls. I know. And it, well, the game continues These are supposed today. to be a really good team. Well, they haven't won, not doing very well at the moment. They've won one of the uh, series, but uh, I think it'll all be over by lunchtime. Unbelievable. He says, mm. I'll give you three no balls. They're all organised. If you play this right, you'll make a lot of cash. News of the World the are now running business. it all on Sky at the moment. Yeah. With what 100, I, I, was, I was more impressed by what 150,000 quid looked like. I'd never seen it, actually, in actual hard cash. I thought you had that in your spare bedroom. Well, <laughs> having seen it laid out on a table, blimey. Looks very good indeed. Very nice. Anyway, Darren's back with us. Morning. So here we go. And Can I do go. the how low? Because I want another iPad. I'm not surprised. Everybody wants, everybody wants an iPad yeah. at the moment. Yes. Everybody wants it. But you can only get it on this programme this morning. So, uh, fingers crossed. But it finishes at ten, so you've, you've literally got under the hour now. Uh, to get your hands on it, and you'll get it for pennies. I can't remember what the bundle last week went for, but the bundle last week went for pe- something like £2.30-something. A guy called Stephen, who sent me in a text going, I can't believe I've got the iPad and the phone and the iPod Touch. I found another iPod the other day. I don't know why I keep finding iPods. I found another one in the car. I don't know what it was doing there. Anyway, right, we've got a lot to get through this morning. So shall we plough on? Plough away. Okay, from Peter. Can you tell me how to run Windows on my Mac? I need to use one piece of software on it. Uh, There's various ways of doing that. You can run Boot Camp, which is free with your Mac. So you start Boot Camp, install Windows onto Boot Camp, and then every time you start your Mac, you have the choice of doing OS X or or OS X or or Windows. Or there's other software you can use. One's called VM Fusion, another one's called Parallels, and that allows you to run the Mac and the Windows section at the same time. But do remember, if you use Windows on a Mac, you need to install all the usual antivirus and anti-malware stuff. Right. Right. On the section that you have Windows on. 
Okay. I got one earlier on. I don't think you, you've got this one uh, from Julie, who says, I currently have Norton Security on my PC. Yeah. And I keep getting a pop up saying I'm at risk because I've only got the basic detection. And they recommend that I need upgrading to Norton 360 comprehensive protection, which is 55 quid for a year. Do I need it? Is there anything that I could have that's cheaper? There's lots of deals on Norton at the moment. If you look in the, the papers today, been going on all weekend, various shops selling it very cheaply. Mm. Or you can go to LBC's website and there's lots of free software there you can download that does the same job. Right. So Norton's, you don't need to spend 55 No, quid. no, you don't. Norton's good if you want complete protection. Or go to LBC's website and download the free versions. Right. Or get a Mac, and in which case you don't get that stuff. <laughs> True. There you go. Yes. <laughs> uh, one from Jill who says some of the letters on the keys of my Sony Vio laptop have all but disappeared after only a couple of years, not just with our personal... with Sorry, with just our personal use. Not being a touch typist, it's now guesswork as to what I'm typing. So can Darren tell me what can I do? Can individual keys be purchased and fitted by myself? If so, how difficult and where do I buy them? Or alternatively, is it something I should get Sony to do and would that be very expensive? I presume it doesn't mean, however, having to get a whole new keyboard. If that's the case, how much should I pay? I'd give Sony a ring, though. Yeah. I can't imagine it's going to cost less than 100 quid because they're going to have to send it in. They're going to have to remove the keyboard, put a new one on. Yeah. And, uh, I've you never may... heard of the letters disappear. Yeah, they rub off. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah, no. on certain computers. Do, do they? Yeah. Well, I've been using computers for years and I've never had... Yes, it's I'm looking at the letters on here. I mean, you must have to... I mean, I presume they're put on with something a bit more, ex you know, long-lasting than letter set. I mean, you, there may be an argument if you went to the Consumer Council to say that letters should last longer than two years on a computer. Yeah. So you could get advice and get You've Sony... You've not got something like acid on your fingers, have well, you? Well, that is one of the problems with all these gels that we use, these antibacterial gels. That's Might got alcohol in it. it. Yeah. And the alcohol rubs anything off. Oh. oh. Well, there you go. Well, I never knew that. It's a good job you've given it up, isn't I mean, it? I have... Actually, strangely enough, I had things on phones. You know, you've had phones before and you've sort of... Um, Letters of rub... No, just me again. OK, fine. <laughs> Letters on a phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A, B, C, D, E, F, but you're, You've G, got an iPhone. It's glass. I have, yes. Yeah. It's glass, I know. Yeah. Cleaning it is a nightmare. I, I spend my day rubbing it. I absolutely... It just drives me mad. I, I must be one of these people who cannot abide mm. mess. The street where I live is on the television. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, why? Is, is that the... <laughs> That's Lord's. Oh, it looks, like a, it looks like a coach trying to mount the pavement. <laughs> yes. That'll anyway. The, that'll be the Pakistan team again, won't it? Yeah. No, 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 that's the England oh, is that coach, the England team? Yes, How yes, big yes. are these coaches now as they come oh, down? Yeah. Like, look at the size of it. Does it need to be that big? It's a big team. Yeah, but even so, the coach is enormous. They're huge, aren't they? Oh, I know where that is. Indeed. I know exactly yeah, where that yeah, is. Good. Uh, Susie says, I'm thinking of upgrading my iPod. Would you recommend the iPod Touch... Or Nano? I would recommend uh, you wait till Wednesday. Oh, right. Why? Oh, I know why. Because they're going to bring a out a whole one. load of new yes. ones. Yeah. Wednesday. Oh, dear. I'm, I'm going to stay in bed on Wednesday, I've decided. <laughs> I want to go through till, this again. It's not till Wednesday evening. So Do we know what it is? No, there's lots of rumours going around. But I'm surprised. Oh, oh, well, that the Nano with the screen will be the size of a, a tiny little thing. But who knows? We'll wait and see. They're all rumours. Right. There'll be new iPod Touch. There'll be a new Nano. I've lost. I opened my cupboard the other day and discovered another four. You're, why are you I know, wasting I don't all know, your money? I tell you for why. But I've had them for ages. I bought. I went out and I looked at all the colours. Four. I've got. I've got my iPod phone. I've got my other iPod phone. iPod phone. Sorry, my my whatever they call this. <laughs> iPhone. An iPhone. Yeah. So I've got two iPhones. Yeah. I've got an iPod Touch in the car with all my music on. I've got another iPod. Then I've got another one at home, which I can't do anything with because it's being stupid. 
Then I've got two iPod Touches, 60 gigabyte brand new in the cupboard. And I've got a Nano. And then I've got a little... What's a little tiny one? The Shuffle. Shuffle. Two, two Shuffles. Why don't you donate them to charity or something? I have. All right, good. It's called Steve Allen Charity. And it's called In My Cupboard. Oh, and I've got a spare iPad as well. And you know why I've got a spare iPad. Anyway. Uh, so one here... This is from uh, from Nick, who's decided to get up early before the hangover wakes up. Quick question for you. My computer thinks it's January the 2nd, 2006. I told it only yesterday that it's August 2010 via the control panel, and yet it's woken up today with the same problem. It still thinks it's January the 2nd, 2006. Sounds to me like the battery on your motherboard, which saves things like your date in the BIOS, is running out. Could be wrong, but it's worth checking. Running out. If it's a desktop computer they have a little battery you know like the ones that go in little pdas those flat round batteries you know what they're called those little round ones I forgot what they're called anyway so i'd, I'd change that open it up and change it see if that helps i've got some uh lights outside Cupboards full of them no doubt some solar some solar lights and they've got re- rechargeable batteries in. yeah now i thought that they would be rechargeable batteries so i went out and bought some thinking that maybe they weren't charging anymore because they'd stopped working on one set. So I went out and bought some rechargeable batteries. And you know which ones they are because they're the ones that you plug into the back of your computer. You know, those ones. Yeah. Little... Of course, I then open up the solar light panel it's and what's pack. in there? It's a pack. Yeah. It's a pack, which is, you know, if I had a soldering iron, <laughs> which I have somewhere at home, but I just... It's cheaper to buy new lights, isn't it? It was cheaper yeah. to buy new lights. So that's exactly what yeah. I did. I did I did new lights. Uh, we'll, do, we'll do Graham... Uh, quickly now he's got a, a new iMac and wants to stream music and videos to my Xbox 360 is Mac compatible with Microsoft's Xbox and he wants to know how to do it uh, think about it while we do the travel, travel. okay yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll do the travel we'll have a think about that one uh, for you I must mention very quickly that um, uh, the dawn says tonight she went to a gig this was last night and had a shock and uh, Steve Hargrave had mentioned a band called The 286 on Twitter. Checked them out, liked them. Seven of them, including two cello players, a violinist, a keyboard player, a drummer and, gonna, and a guitarist. So they've got an interesting sound. So they went along with Hubby to see them tonight for the first time at the Buffalo Bar in Islington. It was a while before the first band was on. Hubby had gone to the loo. And then Steve Hargrave came in. Unbelievable. Well, he's starting on Daybreak, isn't he? I think very shortly. I think they kick off in, uh, in September. So there you go. She says, I really enjoyed the 286. They were fab. So that's good news, you see. He always picks the right people, doesn't he? Quarter past nine. The travel, Gary. Let's talk technology. Life's good with LG. 19 minutes. No, so it is 19 minutes past nine, actually. So going back to Graham, who's got the new iMac, wants to stream the music and videos to the Xbox 360. Any ideas on how to do it? Is the Mac compatible with Microsoft's Xbox? It is compatible. There's a little bit of software called Connect 360, which you install on your Mac. I think it's about 15 quid. And then it will stream all your music and all your photos and videos from your Mac to your Xbox. And actually, the Xbox Connect is coming out in November. This is the controller-free game system, Mm. which I had a little play with the other day. You walk into the room, it scans your body, and... um, Your phone? Yes. I thought so. I just felt the vibration (laughs) coming through the desk. Um, And I had a play with the other... Scans your body as you walk in, and then you play with the... Like bowling, for example. You pick up an imaginary ball, and you bowl it down the bowling alley. Go white water rafting, jumping up and down. It's exhausting, I can tell you. It's coming out in November. 
Do you know, I remember years and years ago, we launched computer games on LBC, and I remember getting sent one, and I took it home, and I never played with it once. I never quite got... You're either, I think, a gamer... And in which case you get into, or, or you're like me, and you have enough trouble with Teddy Ruxpin, you know, which I found a Teddy that talked to you sitting next to you on the settee was frightening enough, I'm afraid. Mm. App of the week this week? Oh yeah, app of the week. It's app of the week. Sorry. I gorilla. Follow the lives of the gorillas in the Congo, the Baranga National Park. These are the gorillas in the mist. Do you remember those? Diane Fossey, the last 700 mountain gorillas. If you buy the app, 700. Only 700 left. None in zoos anywhere in the world. This is it. Three, three less ants on my patio. I trod on them the other day. Yeah. Um, I gorilla. Three quarters of the money that you buy, spend on the app goes straight to the national park to help the people over there protect the gorillas. Clearing the gorillas are now living in five star accommodation. They've got jacuzzis. Their own well, the supermarkets. worst thing. I don't know if you've been watching the program on the BBC at the weekend. It's on tonight actually with uh, Patrick Stewart doing the narration. No, really. The worst thing is all the illegal snares that get set, not to yeah. trap the gorillas, but to trap bushmeat for the locals to eat. But, of course, the gorillas get stuck in it. So they have to spend most of their time clearing these snares. And occasionally, of course, they stumble across a gorilla that's got its arm or leg stuck in it, yeah. and then they have to dart it, release it, well, they've had that repair the damage. With... Where did they... F- they had that where they did the... Um, uh, um, Arctic foxes who are caught oh, in traps, traps yeah. and they can't get out of these metal. Often n- not eat their own legs. They off. eat their yeah, own legs yeah, off, yeah, feeling yeah. that they just freeze to death. Revolting. I mean, it is awful trapping, but it goes on all over the world. I mean, trapping is nothing, nothing new, is it? So if you go to LBC's website, there's more details on Igorilla. Oh, nice. There were some nice pictures on the LBC website from London Zoo of the penguins. Yeah, the baby penguins. Yeah. They were nice, but they where are, do they come from? They were born there. <laughs> oh, the pictures, you fool! Not the, not the penguins. <laughs> Were they your pictures? They bought them in Costco. Oh, did they? Oh, right. <laughs> Were they your we'll pictures? Three new penguins. No, they weren't my pi- oh, pictures, right. no. Oh, well, I'd ask. <laughs> three penguins, please, Tiger. A couple yeah. of leopards. Well, failing that... What did... And some meerkats. I had a dream about a meerkat the other night. I had a dream that somebody sent one in. <laughs> and I've got it at home. I, I do have rather why. a lot at London Zoo. Yeah, meerkats. the trouble is, well. though, somebody said, you know, they've got really sharp teeth. Of course they have, but they're yeah. very friendly. Oh, that's right, they had one... It went in one of these uh, zoo-type programmes on the television where they go round and yeah. pick up things from people's gardens. Uh, John says, I've loaded... Is it Linux? Linux. Linux on yeah. my laptop with no problem. However, after loading on, loading on my iMac with Windows, there's no sound. Sound is working with all the other OS on the iMac. Uh, it, it depends what you're using to run Windows. If you're using Parallels or Fusionware, there's a little button on it that turns the sound on and off. If you're using Boot Camp, you can go into Boot Camp and make sure volume is set for Windows on there. Right. Okay. So check that one uh, out. Uh, very quickly, one here. Oh, uh, Darren is on about the CMOS battery, that small watch battery. Ah, that's right. That's it, yeah, that's yes. what it's Yeah, those little... Yes, the yeah. little, yes, the little, what they're called, button batteries. Yeah. Which you buy, which I've discovered, actually, you can go into the pound shop. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, no, I have to mention this to you, because I went into the pound shop, and they've got a big card... With loads of batteries on for a pound, but none of them work because you need to find out what number is written on the batteries. No point in having all these little batteries because 90% of them you'll never, ever use. There's only about three or four types which you use in watches and stuff like that. So just in case you're thinking, oh, I'll go and buy the batteries from the pound shop, don't waste your money. It's a pound. You know, it's like a lot of money to a lot of people because you can buy three cans of Heinz beans in there for a pound and that's far more beneficial than the batteries. Even though it messes up your equipment if you try and put the beans in there, but I thought I'd mention that now. Okay, here's another one for Darren from Gemma. My computer screen yes. turns off and flashes a message, no signal. 
If I leave the computer on for a long time without using it, I tried turning the PC off from the central unit and the computer screen works this way. I can't keep turning the PC off every time I need to use it because I use it so often. Sounds like a dodgy cable. It does, doesn't it? That sounds like a... Not entirely sure what that is. Try changing the cable, make sure it's... But this is no signal. Well, that's usually the cable between the computer and the uh, monitor. It's not Have you been pulling it out or, or have um, you moved it or something like yeah, that? Try turning your sleep off on your um, computer as well. Yeah. Well, if you know the answer to this one, listeners. Yeah, so if you've got an idea. So the computer yeah. screen turns off and flashes, flashes, flashes a message, no signal. Now, that to me means a dodgy cable, because I've got some cables to plug into my Cupboard's iPod. full of them, no doubt. Cupboard's full of mm. them. And some cables push in really hard and work really well. Other cables, as you know, don't seem to... Con- Am I talking to myself here? That works, doesn't it? So it could, it could be a loose wire. Buy a soldering iron. Mo- get a job with Sony. <laughs> then you'll know. Are you taking your insulin this morning? I haven't, actually, but no, I'm about to. In about I can five tell. Minutes. You can tell I've not <laughs> taken it, can't you? I'm yes. completely do-lally. You know, because the battery stories upset me. <laughs> what can I do... Sorry, what can I download onto my BlackBerry, which will let me listen to LBC, says Yvonne. It's a bold 9700. Well, there's no official LBC out for the BlackBerry yet. Oh. But I do believe you can... Get Wonder Radio, which is spelled with a U. W U N D E R. As in Wonder. As in Wonder. Wonder Bar. All right. So Wonder, we would say Wonder Radio, and uh, if you type in LBC on Wonder Radio, it will bring it up, and you can listen on there. But remember, if you're listening to LBC on your mobile phone, yeah, it could be. Be expensive. careful. Make sure you, you don't go over your allowance on your uh, internet, mobile internet. God, I'm crackers this morning. I really am. I don't. <laughs> My laptop says Bernadette. Won't connect to the internet. My provider has said it's more likely my antivirus has caused the problem. Right. Right. There are a number of reasons why you <laughs> yes. cannot connect to the internet. That might be one. So disable your antivirus, if that makes any difference. Make sure your firewall is uh, not blocking access as well. Turn that off briefly. Don't go onto any websites to let your email download while you're doing all this. Make sure you connect it so, direct so into the socket as well, as opposed well, to the long extension. Check your cables So in our example, if your uh, telephone socket is in the sitting room and you're running an extension to the bedroom, there's a very good chance it won't, won't pick up properly. the internet. It could be it of things. So try that. Go to a safe website like LBC to see if it's worked once you turn all those off. Yeah. If it does work, then you know it's an issue with your firewall. Yeah. Okay, hope that helps. Uh, John says, Can you ask Darren why I keep getting emails sent to me over six months after I originally received them? This problem's been going on for six months. I use Microsoft Entourage as my email provider on my Apple iMac. I get over 60 emails a day and I view them so they change from red as unread to green as red. However, if I scroll down to the bottom as I view them in date order with the most recent, I find dozens and dozens of red ones from many months ago. And to make it worse, most of them are doubles within the duplicates. Very strange one, isn't it? That's an odd one, isn't it? Because it says, I no longer get emails if I view them on Virgin Webmail. So you've deleted them from the server. That's the important thing. Make sure they've been deleted. Make sure they are deleted. Deleted from the server, not your computer. And then, if that doesn't work, it sounds like Entourage may be corrupted and you may need to either reinstall that. Oh, God. I had to reinstall my mail program the other day because that got corrupted. Actually, some. I had. Do you remember I was getting things? I got something. Was it from here? And it, something came in from here. And saying I, you're fine. No, I forget what it was, actually. It was something that came in. And I remember thinking, wait a minute, why is that coming? It was something over a bank holiday. And somebody said, that's an old email. That was sent out last year. And I said, well, it's just popped up in my file box. Very strange. Which was very peculiar. So there you go. Anyway, 
Uh, Darren, great pleasure, as always. Thank you for that. Lovely to see you again. So the app of the uh, week? iGorilla. Go to LBC's website for more. iGorilla. Is it very expensive? Two pounds something. Two pounds. You can follow the blogs of all the rangers out there and see what the gorillas are up to. Oh, wow. You can follow it? Yeah. Good luck. Very good. There you go. So that's our app of Pass me your phone, I'm going to spend £2.39 of your money. No, you're not. I am. <laughs> Certainly not. I haven't <laughs> got £2.39. Listen, we have to take a short break. We'll have a chat to uh, Ian Dale, who's with you after the news at 10 o'clock this morning. <laughs> so to come, what the experts said about the X Factor last night. And don't forget, uh, we've still got Big Brother running. Not for much longer, with a bit of luck. I tell you, I've never known anything so disastrous at the moment. After the news at uh, 10, though, he's back again. Ian Dale's here. Good morning. Good morning. What are we going to do today? Well, uh, we were going to do Labour leadership, but we've decided but not to now because of uh, this Boris story. Is this, is this a runner? Is, is Boris... Well, he doesn't I, quit. I like Boris. <laughs> I think it's a bit of brinkmanship, to be honest. Yeah. He's basically saying to the government, you cut my budgets and I might quit and then you'll lose the mayoralty and where will we be then? Um, I don't think he really will. But it raises the question, if not Boris, then who? Who? I know. It's the who bit that worries everybody. Because I can't see a... I mean, for the, I'm talking about the Conservative nomination now. I can't see a, an alternative to Boris, really. Jeffrey could come back again. Well, there's a thought, Steve. <laughs> yes, maybe we'll float that one. Well, I, remember, I remember talking to him when all of a sudden Jeffrey Archer became Jeff to everybody. Or um, Jeff to his or friends. Or Jeff, that's right, yeah. yes. It became like... Yes, it was like uh, <laughs> loads of other people. And um, Maybe Nozzer should come back. Nozzer. Who was Norris? Steve Norris. Steve Norris. I sat next to him in my car. I was going up to Ealing one time, and his car passed me, and he looked at me as if perhaps he thought he should know me or something, <laughs> which he doesn't. So there you go. But no, exactly. I mean, who would actually take over? I don't know. No. Well, we're going to ask LBC listeners if they've got any ideas who they might like to take over Just from Boris. Should the honest and somebody who you can trust and somebody who who people like, as opposed to somebody who you think might be doing it for their own ends. I don't well, know. Do we need a mayor? Well, that's a whole. That's another question, isn't it? I mean, I, I, did, I wasn't in favour of a mayor at the beginning, but actually, I think a city of London size probably does need somebody, a sort of figurehead mm. that can represent it. Well, they um, manage quite well in the city, don't they? With just a figurehead, it doesn't actually do yeah, anything. No, that's true. Um, anyway, at ten thirty, we're going to be talking about street clutter, which is a big bugbear of mine. I hate all of these road signs that have just proliferate. They seem to breed. You go, you mm. drive down the A two into London, and there's like two hundred road signs within a mile. Yeah. You think, well, why? And they tell us things yeah. which we know already. They're just stating what you might call the bleeding obvious. But they have to tell you that now, don't they? You come round Earl's Court because they're doing road works. So you have to go into Earl's Court, then you go straight down. If you're clever, you know the cut through. Mm. You go down to the bottom, turn left. And then there's a big sign, the biggest sign you've ever seen, which is no left turn, but underneath in small letters, for HGVs. <laughs> so, of course, all the taxi drivers go straight on, which means that you go through another six sets of light. It's just ridiculous. Well, anyway, a lot of these signs are going to go. The government's trying to get, get councils to abolish them. So we're going to talk about that. And then at 11, my old sparring partner, Yasmin Alibaya-Brown from The Independent, will be reviewing the papers. We agree on absolutely nothing. Where she's left-wing, I'm right-wing, and vice versa. So prepare for an hour of sparkiness. Oh, dear, that's all we need. More arguments. More <laughs> arguments. It'll still be interesting to find out who the LBC audience think should be London Mayor if Boris goes. And I hope he doesn't, because I, I, I quite like him because he's quirky. Mm. I like him because I used to watch him every day. When we were in another building, he would come into a coffee shop and come downstairs. And we used to sit there before anybody knew who he really was. Well, we've had two characters, haven't we, as Mayor? So may maybe... Who was the other one? Ken. Really? You thought yeah. so? What, he's a character? Whatever you think of his politics, he's a character. Yes, no, I, I never worried about his, his politics. I just think... 
when he, when he got voted out, I begin to wonder, would, would the, the London public vote him back in again, or would they go for Una King, or would they go, have you got anybody else? That's it, really, because we don't know who the Lib Dems are going to have. No. They're talking about Floella Benjamin, can you believe? She's just been given an award. She is she? A peer, she's, she's, she's now a peer. peer. She's in the House of Lords, so they're you thinking know, that she might run. Really well for people, doesn't it? I wish I'd <laughs> sat with a couple of teddy bears years ago. And... Well, you should run. I should run. <laughs> Actually, people say, you know, would you want to run for mayor? And the answer is, probably not. No. Would you want to run for mayor? No, definitely not. I'd rather no. stick needles in my eyes. Okay. Well, I actually did an April here. Fool uh, in 2008 saying I was going to run for London mayor, and I was rather astonished at the number of people that believed it and Nick actually Rory encouraged me. Nick he Rory did. did the same. Yeah, except he wasn't fooling. Let he saw the salary, and then for some reason he <laughs> changed his mind. Much easier to be a radio presenter. Okay, all of that and more. Ian, thank you. Okay, cheers. Is that it? Uh, nearly, but... Uh, oh, OK, what was that? Actually, one thing I do want to mention, at the end of the programme, we're going to be talking to a 97-year-old veteran of the Battle of Britain who was a Spitfire pilot. Oh, wow. And yesterday... He was actually shot down 70 years ago on Friday. And yesterday, he went on a special flight over the English yes. Channel. Is this where they flew the Spitfire? Yeah, and there was a Spitfire and yeah. a Hurricane next to him. I mean... I'm sure I will be in tears when I'm talking to him. So that, that's coming up right at the end of the programme. So I hope people stay tuned for that. I went to Hendon to the RAF Museum up there. Mm. I'm a Forces family. And there was a guy there sitting underneath a Wellington bomber. And he'd written his little book about his experiences as, of mm. being... And he was one of the ones who sat in the back in that little sort of... Yeah. Sort of little little bubble little thing. Turret thing, little aren't they? Turret called? thing at the back. Mm. And he was telling his... And I thought, you know, it's come to this that he's sitting there. Because we don't treat, I don't think, any, any of our ex-forces... No properly enough. No, we, we really don't. don't. Everybody, and yet, the good thing was, Battle of Britain film was on the telly last night. Oh, I wish I'd seen it. I, I watched some film. terrible... I was forced to watch some terrible film called In Bruges. Oh. And it was just awful. What on earth was that? I've never even heard of it. It was supposed to be a comedy. Oh, it's a brilliant But film, it wasn't. Colin, Colin... Colin Farrell? Yeah. I mean, it was just dire. Should have watched Battle of Britain. It was so I nice went thing. on the internet instead. And the, the band of the Air Force have just brought out the music from that, including Hitler's... Uh, mm. Sorry, Hitler's... <laughs> Churchill's speech. Oh, blimey. Freudian slip there. That's insulin for you. Uh, including Churchill's speech at the end. But the music for Battle of Britain is fantastic. Can you imagine the sales if there had been a Hitler speech on it? Actually, there is an album of Hitler's speeches <laughs> and everything else. I don't think we'll bother with it. No. I Thank you not. so much. Okay. Ian's back with us at uh, 10 o'clock. He's here tomorrow morning, incidentally, because being Bank Holiday Monday and being the Notting Hill Carnival this afternoon, my advice, as I said earlier on, if you're going... Don't take loads of money. Don't walk around with your wallet or a flash phone or jewellery or stuff like that because you will get a lot of people. It will be very, very busy. It'll rain, of course, late. I mean, who cares about a bit of water? I absolutely don't care. You've got 20 minutes left to have a go for my how low to get your hands on 9.7 inches of my Apple iPad. You can... Uh, Use it for the internet, emails, watching videos, listening to music, play games and much, much more. The person with the lowest unique bid will get their hands on this one. And with only 20 minutes to go, it could be you. Could be you. One of the uh, lowest unique bid has been made already. We'll find out probably tomorrow on the programme. So to play this one, because it's a Steve Allen special, you text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, then your bid in pence. So, for example, if you want to go eighty-three, you text Steve, one eight three. And then send that to treble eight two one. If you want to bid uh, seventy pence, you text Steve seventy, and send it to treble eight two one. Now the computer will help you because it's all automated. If you've got a unique bid, it will it will tell you. It will send you back a text. You've got a unique bid, and you hang on to it and pray that nobody goes underneath it. This competition will finish at ten o'clock this morning. Players must be over sixteen. 
Entries are limited and cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. If you've never seen the iPad, you have to take my word for it that it really is lovely. It really is lovely. You'll be terribly impressed by it. And with a a 10-hour battery life, you can take it with you everywhere. The kids will be amused. They play games on it because it's it's, it's a much bigger gamer to take with you. Uh, When are you going to Vegas, says Maggie and Bromley, uh, later in the year. Uh, I was brought up, says Moira, uh, to say please and thank you uh, when I was on holiday in the language of the country I was in. Mercy or Danka, whatever it happens to be. I'm now incontinent after the cat story. If you don't know what the cat story is, you'll have to listen to it. You have to go back and, and podcast. It is the funny. It's only, it's only funny because it makes me laugh. It, I, I do think it's very funny. Uh, 84850, uk. Uh, another one here. Uh, Paddy Power. They've made uh, Mary Byrne as their five-to-one favourite to win this year's X Factor. This is the single mother from... Uh, Bally Fomoy in Dublin, who blew the judges away. I don't think she's the uh, winner. They've got people here. Stephen Hunter, 150 to 1. I don't know half these people are, actually. Hustle, Dice, Sugar Bullets, 7. There's only been two episodes. I mean, Anastasia Baker, they're offering 20 to 1 on. However, I suppose you could say, because she's good, I think she's worth an each, an each way bet, don't you? Could you go each way, or do they only pick for the uh, winners? They've taken over 200 bets on that woman from uh, Ireland to win already, so they've cut the odds. This is for outright winner. It's unbelievable, isn't it? I, I, I quite like the idea. They did it the other day, the Wombles to reform. They were doing odds <laughs> Wombles to reform. Uh, Gareth says, send one of your spare eye devices this way. I saved up for an iPod touch, touch, only to have it stolen out of my hand on the first occasion. Well, there you go. <laughs> Bridget and David are off to see Priscilla. Book this week. As uh, John, is it Soros, is in the lead, while Oliver Thornton is away. Can't wait. You'll love it. Love it to pieces. And um, this week, Wednesday, the 1st of of September. Doesn't seem possible, does it? The Eel Pie Club present from the legendary Spencer Davis group, Miller Anderson. Miller's been uh, associated with Donovan, T-Rex, Blood, Sweat and Tears on Deep Purple. He'll be joined on Wednesday by the Desperate Dan Band, whose members have worked with Paul McCartney, Jules Holland, Elton John. So it's a special night for blues and rhythm and blues fans. They've got an event at the Barmy Arms as well this afternoon. Got music down there, as far as I remember. Eel Pie Club is at the Cabbage Patch. Tickets are a tenner. You go to eelpieclub.com. Eelpieclub.com. OK, and that will... Uh, that will head you in the in the right direction. Um, another one here from uh, from Chan it says, "On hearing of your intention of a show on the fourth of December, I'm somewhat alarmed. Does this mean you'll no longer be available as Dame in Panto at the Queen's? It's Aladdin. We're economising," she said, "and I suggest as you as Dame because you have your own costumes." John Warrington was down as wishy-washy because he interacts with the audience. We would be assured of a full house every day. You would if I did panto. I've never, th- I've never ever thought about. Pa- you know me, panto. Goodness sake, I've turned down panto in the past, mainly because I just don't think it's, uh, it's a good idea actually for radio people to do panto. Claridge's for David and uh, and Katie. Actually, you can get a nice afternoon tea in Claridge's. That's a nice thing for a for a birthday present. Very nice thing for a, a birthday present. So there you go, afternoon tea. It's, I can't remember what it is, but you get. Um, uh, you get um, champagne, little sandwiches, cakes, and things like that. It's very nice. I liked afternoon tea, though. I went there. I was, I was taken as a treat. 
the other the other Christmas, which I thought was very nice indeed. Um, I'm going for that one, I think. Going for that one. Um, Steve, think how much more money you could spend on London and its people if there was no mayor. Massive place to uh, to upkeep and all the wages to pay. We've already got one mayor. Bit greedy having two, isn't it? Yes, I don't know. Do we need a mayor? Well, that's something you can discuss with uh, Ian after the news at ten o'clock this morning. It's quarter to ten. With the travel, Charity, help a London child. Thirteen minutes to ten. Help a London child have forty places at this year's Royal Parks Foundation Hearts and Heritage Walk, and we'd love you to be a part of it. This is Sunday, the tenth of October. It's a thirteen point one mile walk. And it will take you to the streets and parks of London, starting and finishing in Hyde Park. You can walk for our very own Help a London Child and raise money for disadvantaged kids across the capital. We'll provide you with the ongoing advice and fundraising support to help you reach your goal. Want to do it? We've only got 40 places left. It'd be nice to think there's a number of LBC listeners out there. You can register online at www.lbc.co.uk forward slash Help a London Child. So www.lbc.co.uk forward slash help a London child. Good luck for that one, because it's quite nice. I know people listening at the moment will be thinking, 13.1 miles, nothing, absolutely nothing. Brian says it's obvious. Steve Allen for Mayor of London, we're backing you already. Can you imagine? I mean, when Nick Ferrari went for it, I thought, he's not really going to go for that, is he? And I thought, maybe he might, actually. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Do you think, Steve, says uh, Jeannie, that Edwina Curry and Simon Hughes are the same person? I've never thought about it. Do you think they look similar? Tell, Warwick John, tell John Warrington to use vanilla Swiss roll, not bread, in his summer pudding. Vanilla Swiss roll. Don't people have Swiss roll? I'll tell you what I haven't seen for ages. Battenberg cake. I used to love a piece of batten. Not now, because it's covered in marzipan and stuff like that. Ian Highland, uh, he talks about, well done to all the voters at Ultimate Big Brother. You've done it again. Evicted the one housemate worth, worth tuning in for. And this is uh, John McCrerick. Rather stupid man, I'm afraid. Can't bear him. And um, talks here about Jedward Let Loose at ITV2. Little bit worrying, little bit worrying. And, um, and uh, this morning, Wednesday, coverage of a new exercise regime which combines boxing and Pilates and is called Boxalates. Hmm. Something tells me, writes Ian Highland, that Eamon Holmes will be sticking with his current regime, Boxer Chocolates. It's a goodie, because Eamon, still fat Holmes. If he hadn't mentioned it, it would be fine, actually. A definite case of From the Mouths of Babes at GMTV, uh, with a 14-year-old girl who's had some semi-permanent, semi-permanent tattoos done, was asked, do you want to be like Katie Price? Her response, no, I'd rather be a singer. Honestly, your last record only scrapes to number 60 in the charts and suddenly everybody's having a pop. Ridiculous, isn't it? Imagine you do get these poor people. Double helping of ITB's obsession with celebrity tour guides. Stephen Tompkinson's Australian balloon adventure. And Martin Clune's horse power. What next? Christine Bleakley's Girls World, in which she travels the globe searching for girls who actually like her. Blimey, that one could run for a few series, says Ian. Quite why ITV sent Clune's globe-tropping to look for horses that can dance and crazy horses is beyond me. Though I actually like, I really like Martin Clunes. I really do. I think he's one of those people, every time I've watched him, and I think his, his doc series thing, I think grossed about 25 million for ITV, which I think is fantastic. I like him. I know people go, oh, I'm not a big fan. I've always been a big fan of Martin Clunes. Always, always, always. Uh, Michael Jackson's body may have to be dug up in a bit to get, in a bit to get his doctor off the hook. Dear. 
don't think now, I don't think that will be happening. I sincerely hope not. It would be uh, uh, not very nice. And the Bill legend, Jeff Stewart, relieves the nightmare moment he was fired. I should imagine you could probably go through through everybody on the bill, couldn't you, and find out just how they felt. It can't have been, can't have been pleasant for any of them at all. You've got uh, nine minutes left. Nine minutes left. Have a go for the how low. It's the, uh, the iPad. Uh, here's um, Friends of the Prisons Minister, Crispin Blunt, who announced his marriage is over because he's gay. Well, he's called Crispin, so I think that kind of figures, doesn't it? I mean, nobody called Crispin is generally heterosexual. Apologies to anybody called Crispin at the moment. And don't let Louis ruin you with suits and bow ties, Simon tells the X Factor boy that. No, he doesn't. He didn't say that at all. What he said was, if Louis had discovered you years ago, you'd have been in suits and bow ties and singing Could It Be Magic? Why don't these blooming journalists get things right? Perhaps they're not watching the same programme as the rest of us. It was very funny, though. Very funny. Uh, what happened to this, uh, this poor spy... This is Gareth Williams, and uh, his family have had to hear all sorts of things about his uh, about his his private life, none of which has been proven as yet. Uh, the Baroness Scotland's ex-cleaner is now facing deportation. I mean, that one's run for for ages and ages. Might be f- facing deportation. The chance is probably not. And uh, here it is: uh, Lord Glen Glencoma has uh, died. Now, I don't know if you knew anything about uh, Lord Glencoma. He died uh, in St Lucia in the arms of his valet, the end of the party for him. And uh, he was out there. His, uh, his son, Charles, died aged 39. Very friendly, as I say, with Princess Margaret. Lots of pictures. He had a, an illegitimate son. He was quite a character. Quite a character. He was, the, he was the sort of person... They should have stuck him on television programmes ages ago. His, his son, Henry, died as well. And now he's died, but he had a... He had a Blooming good innings. In fact, he had a, a very, very good innings. Uh, watch out the X Factor. They're doing lots of, lots of adverts for uh, this live semi-final tonight of uh, this Must Be The Music, which has got Jamie Cullum on and a few other people. And uh, So that'll be quite good. Socialite Davina Taylor and Dave Gardner have finalised their messy divorce. Why is it everybody's divorce is, is messy? Why can't it be just straightforward? It would be an awful lot easier. Uh, another one here, the highly educated model who beguiled Prince Andrew on that yacht. She's finally broken her silence. Of course she has. That's what she does. Finally broken her silence. Hello, darling. How much money would you like? Oh, I'll tell you everything. Um, another story today, Lauren Booth. My God, there's a woman who's piled on the weight, poor soul. And, uh, she used to be on LBC. I used to use her on LBC on a programme. But the trouble is she spent most of her time trying to get freebies from people by saying she was related to, um, the Prime Minister's wife. So we spent ages and ages going, well, she works on the programme. She's got a sister, actually, who's quite nice. Lauren's a little bit pushy, I'm afraid. Uh, Anne says, I'm a pensioner and live on my own. Thank you for the entertainment. Listen, nothing matter with living by yourself. Imagine all these people who are so miserable living, you know, in relationships. Far better to live by yourself. Much nicer. Uh, Sunday Express today, they've got a free wild bird feeder. And some Simply Pure Cleanser. Get it at Superdrug. Now, every time... The Sunday Express have had a free thing at Superdrug. I'm always the first one there. And you walk through the door and they haven't got it. They've never got anything at all. And I'm beginning to wonder whether or not it's just a joke to get me to walk into Superdrug. I remember the last time they opened at, I think, 9.30. And I got there about 20 to 10. And it was for some... I can't, I can't even imagine why I went for it. I suppose because it was free. And, uh, and, the, and the girl went, no, we haven't got that anymore. I went, oh, right. I said, what, you got rid of it all? Yeah. You think, yeah, I bet you have, which is a shame. Uh, you're going to get more repeats on the BBC. 
Amazing, that, isn't it? They waste all this money on the Strictly Come Dancing with sort of 50,000, 60,000 quid handed out all over the place. And then they have, oh, we haven't got any money, so you're going to get repeats. I don't mind repeats as long as they're good repeats. Channel 5 are ready to do business. About time too. Can we get rid of that live five show thing? Ghastly. Uh, they're still trying to make somebody interested in poor Matthew Wright's show. I like Matthew Wright a lot. I absolutely like him a lot. The show is, is just not very interesting, though. And I'll tell you what it's down to. It's down to the NAF people they put on the panel. I don't want to see, you know, Gail Porter again, I'm afraid. I don't think she's of any interest to anybody at all. What was her claim to fame? Answer, absolutely nothing, apart from being projected about 500 years ago on the side of the House of, uh, House of Parliament. Very dull. But, however, they've got money to spend, and uh, they've got all sorts. They've commissioned a new series of The Hotel Inspector, which is good. I quite go for that. But uh, other things... Uh, strangely enough, uh, Jeff Ford says at seven he used to watch Columbo and realised it came from America. And so they're now looking at all sorts of things. I mean, we just need some homegrown talent. Loads of people in this country can make really, really good programmes. We don't need, you know, everything brought in. But the hotel inspector's OK. I don't mind that. I can live with the, uh, the hotel inspector. It's, uh, it's fairly good. Um, and Andy Kershaw, back after breakdown and Helen Jail. Yeah, because you were a prune, weren't you, silly man? Uh, so somebody's given him. New series of Coach Trip tomorrow. Got to be better than the rubbish they're showing at the moment. I've seen all these people. They're not very nice, are they? They really aren't very nice at all. Right, you've got, uh, oh, blimey, four minutes left. Four minutes quickly for the How Low. It's the Apple iPad. This year's must-have gadget. Even if you, even if you win it and you give it to somebody at Christmas, somebody's going to be very, very grateful. I promise you. It's got a 9.7-inch touch screen which you can use for the internet, for emails, you can watch your video, you can do all sorts of things with it. There's not much you cannot do with the Apple iPad. It's lovely. The kids, will, even if you've got kids, they sit in the back of the car, they'll play, keep them quiet forever. They don't even know to what. You can download so many free games, pages and pages of them. It's very good. To play this one, because we're looking for the person with the lowest unique bid, the lowest unique bid in pence that nobody else makes. Hammer comes down. Ten o'clock this morning. To play this one, you text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, and then your bid in pence. If you want to go for pound fourteen, you text Steve, 114, and then send that in to 88821. To bid pound eighty, you text Steve, 280, and send it to 88821. The competition finishes at 10 o'clock this morning. It must be over 16. Entries are limited and cost pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. It's a great prize, it really is. And uh, somebody listening at the moment will be the uh, lucky recipient a little bit later on. Just about it. We're back with you tomorrow morning, a uh, little bit later than usual, because Christo is in doing my show between five and seven. Between seven and eight, it's a new in conversation with the lovely Michael Flatley, who's touring Lord of the Dance a little bit later. In fact, actually, coming up, I think, in October. So well worth it. It's very interesting, because if you listen to the interview, I'll tell you now that... Uh, Nobody told Michael how long it was going to be, so all his answers were quite short until I told him after the first break, I said, we're doing an hour, and he went, oh, that's fine, that's fine. So, um, so there you go, that's Michael Flatley between 7 and 8, and then I'll be here between 8 and 10 tomorrow. Enjoy the remainder of your bank holiday, you've got the whole day ahead of you, haven't you? Bank holiday Sunday, if you're going away on holiday, have a nice time, keep the radio tuned to LBC. Ian's with you after the news at 10.